This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Humberto Carrillo, and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 214. My name is Nick Howell. And working on my teleportation so I can freak people out like Matt Hardy here. I'll try it right now. Did it work? No. No? Damn. I am sorry. Keep trying, though. I am sorry and dangerous, and welcome to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. I'll work on it. I might need a little bit of camera trickeration to get that to work properly. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the show in these uncertain times, in these mad times that we're, we're going through, and all of our wrestling is without audiences. It's, it's weird, Nick. It continues to be weird, and it, was, it continued to be weird on AEW and NXT and SmackDown this week. we got to talk about all of that. Uh, we're... We're like a week away from WrestleMania, man. Literally. Are, like it, it's happening a week from today. Ah. But somehow with all everything that's going on, it's still too big for one night. <laughs> really? Uh, I'm um, not sure. It's something. It's too something. You've kind of done before. it for 35 years already, and it's been just fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's... Uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that, Nick. Let's do a little housekeeping. Welcome everyone to the show. Let them know where they can join us up on social media, etc. cetera, uh, how you guys can interact with the show. Thank you for joining us today. Let's talk about that before we get into all the other stuff because there's lots to talk about today, Nick. Yes. Uh, the first thing I need to address is the anonymous individual who uh, I have no idea who they are that dropped $125 in the tip jar overnight, what? unbeknownst to us while we were offline. What? Thank you, you saint of a human being. Good Lord. Thank you so much thank for all you of your support much. in these times. It's Ooh. good Lord. I don't even know how to say thank you enough for that kind of thing. And not to be outdone, Mr. Andy Jessup, with another 10 bucks in the tip jar just now. Thank you, guys. Uh, for uh, The love is Andy, pouring thank out. You. Thank you guys so much for all of your oh, support every single show. It just it's it radiates through us like, oh, it gives me shivers. But... Come over and join us over in Facebook. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open over on Facebook. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted right now because of that. Um, <laughs> I'm shook. I'm search shook. for Busted Wide Open. Like our page. Uh, send us a join request to get into the Busted Wide Open discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Uh, you'll find fun memes, news stories, all kinds of good stuff. Sweet swag, blah, 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 all that stuff over in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, but you'll also find links to our Discord community where you can get into live chats 
all the way throughout the week across AEW, NXT, WWE, Ring of Honor, all of that stuff. You can chat about any of it over on our Discord community. And hey, you want to talk about non-wrestling stuff? You can do that in there as well as dedicated chat channels for the upcoming WrestleMania 36 happening next weekend. Two nights. Oh my goodness. Two nights of live chat with Nick and Surrey and Dangerous. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. And the tip jar keeps happening, so I cannot look over there right now. Just I have to get through this. <laughs> Please subscribe to our channel here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. We stream all throughout the week on Tuesday and Saturdays. Uh, you can also make sure you hit that like, that uh, jingle that bell so you get notified anytime we uh, put up new content or go live. And last but certainly not least, the tip jar is kind of showing out today, but I don't. <laughs> that's n- not to be overshadowed by the patrons. You guys are absolutely amazing. Our phenomenal ones. You are the guys that keep this show going. The the the, sque- the grease that goes on the squeaky wheel, the fuel that runs the engine, all of that stuff. Uh, you are what keeps Ian and I motivated and continuing to put out tons and tons of content every single week. Thank you for all of your support. It is absolutely amazing. We love you guys for it. If you'd like to get in on some of those exclusives, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers there to get access to show notes, uh, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series that we'll be doing immediately after this. All kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. But we had another thing go into the tip jar of $10 by Mr. Brad Shepard. Not Brad, ringside news, you. Brad Shepard. Our Brad Shepard. We love you, Brad. Yes, Thank you very much. The good for all Brad Shepard. Yeah, the good Brad Shepard. The best Brad Shepard. <laughs> but, Ian, we got a lot to discuss today. Uh, there is a big, Ooh. big show that we have to break down across throughout most of the week. But we got to kick things off with the big news. Well, in case you hadn't heard, WrestleMania is not going to be what you thought it was. There's been scuttlebutt coming out all week that because WrestleMania is being pre-taped, we're getting a little bit of information coming out about the fact that some of those matches they've been advertising might not be happening uh, the way that we had planned. Uh, For example... Uh, in a move that I think they should have done a while ago, but I understand them wanting to wait until the last minute to pull the trigger on this, it appears Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania. He will not be having that match with Goldberg after all. Uh, Apparently getting into the ring and telling somebody that you're next doesn't negate the fact that you are immunocompromised and probably shouldn't be out of the house right now uh, given that there's a deadly disease out there. So... Roman Reigns apparently uh, decided that just for safety, he could not do this. Um, There's a lot of rumors going around about how this went down. Uh, The Usos getting upset. Miz possibly being sick and still showing up to work. It's all just speculation. At the end of the day, Roman Reigns no longer facing Goldberg for the title at WrestleMania. So no official word from that on WWE. And in fact, they won up that last night by still showing a lot of stuff that we'll talk about on SmackDown that would lead you to believe yeah. that all of this is still going on as planned. But So there's no official announcement from WWE themselves. That's the conspiracy theory thing I wanted to throw out there. Is this some... Is this some conspiracy stuff? Are they doing this to twist things around a little bit? Are they they going to pull a big swerve on us? Why are all these? Know? Do you think? This why is are all these agencies this? reporting this, but WWE hasn't officially announced it yet? 
Uh, uh, my feeling is that they don't want people to know about this because they want to have some sort of swervy angle on Raw. They want to actually swerve people who are not watching the dirt sheets and watching the rumor mills, and they're going to try to build something else. Either, well, we we, we know who the new opponent is going to be. So if you don't want to know, then maybe tune out for a couple seconds or plug your ears for a second. But the new opponent for Goldberg is going to be your boy Braun Strowman, uh, Mister Nick. Uh, who will well, be, who, you may notice someone is missing from my microphone today. Uh, uh, well, he's still on Nia's shoulder back there. I, I noticed yeah, that he's still there. Yeah, with a zip tie wrapped around his neck. <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> Goodness. Um, uh, no, I, Braun and I got business. We need to have a we need to have a North Carolina gentleman's discussion. Uh, North, that, North, well, that's not for this show, though. North Carolina big beard uh, discussion there? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Well, uh, the bottom line is it looks like Braun's going to be the new opponent for Goldberg. They're going to pull some kind of angle for that on Monday Night Raw. Uh, so we will see about that going forward. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a big punch in the gut, I would imagine, for WWE. Uh, at the same time, though, I kind of see that as being maybe for the best and save that match for later on down the road. Uh, especially because there wasn't really that much build to it anyway, so that's one of the matches I think you can drop and it won't really kill it, kill the actual match itself in the long term. Kind of like AEW's blood and guts. Like it's one of those feuds that's they don't have a lot of build for it, uh, in the sense that it's it's now reaching that boiling point. It's hot and piping hot right now. They could build that back up another yeah. time. But a couple other things happen. Uh, it looks like Andrade Cien Almas is has gotten injured. He's uh, he's actually got an, a rib injury, and uh, is out of the tag team competition with the Street Profits at WrestleMania, uh, but uh, apparently his replacement, Austin Theory from NXT, which is random. Austin Theory will be teaming up with uh, with Angel Garza to face the Street Profits at WrestleMania. All right. Okay. Um, the random I mean, match. I mean, I want to see that match. Random match has got more random. Yeah. But I, I would much rather see a, I don't know, Austin Theory. I'd rather see a singles match. You know, I, him getting slotted into a a Latino tag match that we've been building for months now. I, okay, just, I, popcorn. Just watch these guys eat. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh, uh, I'm a little shook. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know what to uh, expect out of that either. But I expect it'll be entertaining. It just won't yeah. be WrestleMania level match. You know, that's. Kind of the, that's kind of the problem with a lot of this. It doesn't feel really WrestleMania-y. Um, the one thing I will say is that take a lot of this with a grain of salt. I mean, again, Miz being sick, them changing uh, the, the tag match at WrestleMania to reflect the fact that he can or can't work might all be a work. There's a, uh, there's a misinformation campaign coming out from WWE right now. They got Meltzer on a couple of things where he said something was happening and then, then he changed it. It changed it a couple of times. Um, so I, I have a feeling like right now, given the fact they're working a taped schedule and they're taping WrestleMania and they're taping everything all the way up to the first week of, of, of April, including the raw right. after, um, that they're now in the middle of trying to figure out who their leakers are and they're telling certain people, certain things and seeing what information gets out. Nice. So that's kind they're of what, hunting. yeah, cause what a better time to do it than you have, you know, high level information like this information that would you know, be very, very nice for people to hear. Uh, and you feed the wrong information to the right people and just see what gets out. So if, uh, if you see a couple of releases coming within the next week or two, yeah, it could be, could be interesting. So, yes. Um, 
And just finally on this whole note, one speaking of people who are, who are out there uh, spreading information, Mike Johnson from uh, PW Insider uh, didn't say his sources, but he did say that according to everyone he talked to backstage, everybody he talked to, uh, whether it's uh, employees of, the, of WWE, wrestlers, performers, writers, he said everyone he talked to did not want to go ahead with WrestleMania. They wanted to postpone it. The only person who wanted to go ahead was one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He was the one guy who said, no, damn it, we're going ahead with this. We're so, doing it, pal. Take, take that for what it is. Take that as a, you know, with a grain of salt, if you like. But that is the scuttlebutt being reported by PW Insider. And I got to say, uh, if I were in Vince's position, I don't know. I honestly do not know what I would do, Nick. I don't know if I would push forward with it. Or if I would have postponed it. it. I would have let backlash fall to the wayside. I would have postponed it. Yeah, I think I think given how much more we're learning about all this and how you know what what we're now seeing where everything's falling apart, uh, not everything's falling apart, but definitely certain key matches are are getting scuppered. Uh, I think I think that he should have erred on the side of caution, but yep. the problem is that's never been him. That's never been Vince McMahon. That's never been his company. And the reason he is where he is now is because he goes all out, balls out, all the time. So yep, same. Can see both sides of it. But that is the big news, sir. Uh, we have lots more to discuss, several programs to get through. Uh, so let's head on over and talk about the first one, and that's going to be All Elite Wrestling. Well, before we get into AEW Dynamite, uh, I have to also say Abraham Castillo with 10 bucks in the tip jar. The $10 oh, dude, tip train is rolling, folks. Let's see <laughs> how far down the tracks we can go. Uh, Abraham, thank th you, brother. The first thing we have to talk about is what we've been waiting for for months, what we've been speculating on for months. Broken Matt Hardy has arrived, arrived last week, and he confronted Jericho at the end of the show here. Not before cutting one of the most amazing promos I've ever seen on Vanguard 1. <laughs> on a drone, a grown on man. A, he cut a promo on a drone. Let's when when you know when <laughs> his career is over, when Chris Jericho's career is over and we look back across the decades that this man has been working and the superlative effort that he's put in over all of these years, I wonder if this moment's going to come up. As just, yeah, he did all the, you know, he won both the WWE heavyweight titles in one night and beat Stone Cold and The Rock in one night. And he, and he was uh, in WCW and had a great career there. And he was in WWE. He was in New Japan. All the things that we talk about. Are we going to say, oh, yeah. And there was that time he cut a full damn promo on a drone in an empty arena. You know, it's funny, like, all the things you just rattled off, like, I can, you can remember those things about certain legendary superstars. Jericho, I don't remember title reigns. I remember moments of his. I remember Y2J talking about Stephanie's giant implants. I remember the list. I remember it. I remember the, friend, the festival of friendship. I remember him going and cutting down Tanahashi. The damn uh, and, scar and, the scarf and with Omega. the John Jovi haircut. Yeah, like I, I don't remember any of his title reigns. I mean, Ralphus. yeah, when you bring him up, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, he did do that. You the, know, the, oh yeah, Intercontinental title reigns. Yeah, he's the he's the. But you remember that thing moves. he did when he, he cut a promo on the Malenko. Yeah, like oh. I agree. I agree. You think of the moments. This was another one. Chalk this nut. Put another one on. Pardon the pun. His list. Uh, he cut a promo on a damn drone. Tried to tried to invite Vanguard One into the inner circle. <laughs> um, yes. And it was probably like the most old school 
just like 101 promo too. Uh, it just started off. You know what, Vanguard? I don't like you. In fact, I hate you. In fact, I, I think, think you're, you're a, a mechanical piece, piece of shit. I think you're you're a piece of trash. What do you think of that? But you know what? I respect you. Yeah. <laughs> just it was fantastic. Uh, I was it was so good. It was almost a rib. Just how how like straightforward old school promo it was. So Vanguard one flies off, and sure enough, hey hey, don't you walk away from me, Vanguard? You right. piece of trash. Uh, beautiful. But then, of course, Matt Hardy appears in the audience and teleports to the ring. And when te- I say teleports, I mean they had a fixed camera angle that they'd obviously just like, you know, cut. And Matt Hardy ran downstairs between the cut and then he was in a new place. They turned it back on and they somehow did that during a live show. I guess they had a pre recorded footage and they just played it during the live show. Um, you know, a, a, a film trick as old as cinema. But yet we've really never seen it. Well, if we have, it's been a long time since we've seen anything like this on a live broadcast. Uh, largely because they had no crowd to to try to fool with it either. Like they could just they could do this. So that was a really fun trick that that they pulled there and to show that Matt Hardy is, as he said once he got into the ring, magic. Yes, yes, magic. <laughs> So and then we have Jericho and Matt Hardy confronting each other and cutting promos on each other. And this was, I think, of all the things we've seen in AEW so far, one of the more fascinating and kind of telling little moments of AEW. Because it wasn't, I wouldn't say fast paced. It was a lot of information about both of their characters coming out in this in this discussion that they had. Um, a lot of Matt Hardy defining who he is, yep. a lot of them defining who they are against reality. And by that, I mean, they talked about, they, they mentioned Jeff Hardy at one point. They mentioned the fact that they were both in WWE, not by name, but they mentioned that they've had long careers. Jericho's saying, like, you used to be Matt Hardy, you're in your brother's shadow, all of this stuff, and now you're, something happened to you or whatever. So there, it was, I thought it was an interesting take on Matt Hardy's character where they said, oh yeah, this, you're the same Matt Hardy. It's just something happened to you. You got broken or whatever. And now you think you're a 3000 year old guy, Damascus or whatever. So really interesting with it, with the way that they're playing that. And they accomplished all of this setup for Matt Hardy in about five minutes. Um, and both of them obviously just wow. speaking, speaking their own words, not being scripted. And, it was. I thought it was really. It was entertaining. It felt like theater. It felt like uh, what we saw from John Cena and Bray Wyatt when they over in WWE. You know, where Randy Orton cutting a cutting a promo, uh, a soliloquy, if you will, at the top of the ramp. Uh, Seth Rollins soliloquizing on Kevin Owens. Theater. You know what I mean? Old school theater. That's what this felt like to me. How did Absolutely. you like? Absolutely. I. I one, they were outside again at Daly's place, so their hair was blowing all over the place. Luckily, Jericho had the right angle, and he looked like he was a rock star on stage with a fan, rightfully so. Matt couldn't keep his hair out of his face. I just I thought that was a fun observation. Um, I also thought that it was uh, the fact that he took the time and in such a succinct manner defined he, that his name is Damascus and he's 3,000 years old and all of this stuff. Um, so all, all of this stuff happening all at the same time as Nicholas Yates and Jacob Juhas also put 10 bucks oh each my. in the tip jar. Guys. Oh, thank, thank, God. Seriously. The $10 tip train is rolling. I Oh, my God. 
You. <sighs> oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you. It thank means you, the world you. to us. Thank you. Uh, yes, Matt Hardy is broken. Introducing Damascus. Zenith is gone. Welcome, Damascus, to All Elite Wrestling. Oh, boy, have we got some fun stuff ahead. If you guys watched Impact and watched the Broken Matt Hardy over that period of time, strap in, folks, because you're about to go on a very fun ride, it seems. Uh, not, not only that, but it seems like Matt Hardy is actually in the corner of the Elite right now. Uh, he said he owes them a favor. The Bucks of Youth owes them a favor. But that made me think, okay, he owes them a favor, so he's working for them now. That leaves him open stuff. to do his yeah. own thing later, which, great. Yep. I think he should do that. Start off, this is the introduction it should be, and then later on, go off to his own thing and do whatever the hell he wants, whatever kind of craziness he wants. So, mwah, love it. Uh, ended up with him rejecting Jericho, not wanting to join the inner circle, so Jericho hit him. Not a good idea because Hardy punched yeah. him back and, and lay, laid Jericho out. But Jericho, of course, retorted by saying, well, I know magic too. Abracadabra, Matt Hardy's about to get his ass kicked. And sure enough, Sammy Guevara jumped him from behind and the beatdown began. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, for the save, Cody and Kenny, who were on commentary at the time, ran down with steel chairs, chased everybody off. So, yeah, there we go. Matt Hardy officially in AEW, cutting promos and... Yeah, good stuff. Considering the constraints they had, good stuff. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Before I ask you that question, though, Will James keeps it rolling with yet another 10 bucks in the tip jar. You guys, I we're, we're going to have to break the tequila out. We're never going to get through this episode if you guys keep this up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank Just, you, guys. Mm. Seriously. Oh, my God. Um, I don't even remember the question now. I'm compl- I completely I don't know lost either. the question. I don't know where you're going. Uh, oh, here's what I was going to ask. Are you disappointed with all of our speculation? I am finding myself in this weird predicament where I was so riding the train off the cliff that Matt Hardy was the exalted one. <laughs> I'm finding this weird. The other thing we have to talk about next is yeah. who was the exalted one. But I'm, I'm in this weird spot where I'm going, yeah, but I really wanted him to be the yeah. exalted one. And that the Dark Order was a spinoff or a daughter company of the broken universe and that they were all somehow interconnected cross brand. And I had all these crazy wild speculations. Right. In my head you went down, you where went down they the could go. Trains, what happened? I did. You. I went down that wormhole just horribly. And now I'm, I'm trying to recover myself. I love what Matt's doing, but I'm still finding myself pining for Matt Hardy to be, uh, for broken Matt Hardy to be the exalted one because of what I have to say about the Brody Lee well, let's get to it. Week. That's that's the yes. next thing on our list here. Brody Lee is the exalted one. He had a match, and he also had a whole segment where he was eating a nice big steak and not letting uh, uh, what was it Nick Silver, Alex Silver, and yep. the, the other guys from the uh, the the Dark Order. They were not allowed to eat until he had finished eating, and he was yelling at them and uh, telling them that they, you know they're not using their strength in numbers. We should be doing much better. We're the lions that prey on the lambs. Being uh, a bit like a less subtle <laughs> Bray Wyatt, uh, but at the same time also being a lot more aggressive, a lot more bullying, bullyish. Um, and this ended with, uh, I forget if it was Alex or the other guy, uh, sneezing. And uh, he chases him out of the room too. Just get out of here. How, how dare you sneeze before me? Um, so, and then, the, and then during the match itself, uh, where he murdered QT Marshall, and actually put him in a, in a look like the setup for his sister Abigail before killing him at the end. Um, 
Well, Nick, I, I want to hear what you have to say about this before I throw my speculation out here about this. But what did, what did you think about all of this Brody Lee stuff now that we know that he's the exalted one and seeing the direction they're going with the exalted one? What, did, what are you thinking about this? Jardy DeWanamaker has also continued the tip train with $10 <laughs> in the tip train. Guys, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm completely, <laughs> utterly lost for words. Here's thank you, Jardy. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, this guys. This is amazing. Um, well, here's what I'll say. My first react, and I want to play this out as my emotional reaction as we went through the segment. I am going to get some tequila here in a second if this keeps up. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. I'm going to have Esther bring me a beer up here if, if this <laughs> oh keeps my going God. on. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> when I was watching this segment, I remember the chat distinctly uh, as we were going through this, as we were all watching it together, and my initial reaction was, Oh, he's not a mystical fantasy creature from some, uh, you know, religious esque universe. Yeah. he's he's a mafia boss. Right. He's right. Tony Soprano sitting at the head of the table, and then I put all of it together with the sneeze at the very end. Oh, uh -huh. yes. yes, you got. So there now too, huh? two weeks in a row we've seen Brody Lee, and two weeks in a row he's taken digs at Vince McMahon, and I was instantly taken back to Cody sledgehammering Triple H's throne at Double or Nothing last year. And I, all of these, like you're trying to go out there and be your own company. You're, you're sledgehammering thrones. You're bringing over another superstar, taking digs two times in a week. Twice they've been on the show. Twice they've taken digs. You've called something blood and guts because Vince happened to say it on a WWE stockholder. You are, at, you are poking the bear. Like intentionally you are antagonizing everything when I feel like you should be spending more time building characters. Right. And I love AEW. I love everything they've done so far. I want to be absolutely clear about that. It's my favorite show every week. I don't like taking these digs like this. Here's the thing. I think we said this because we had this discussion and it came down this on the side. This is how WCW fell. Was was making it too much about their their the their opponents, exactly. yeah, and that's and that's or not not their opponents and their competition, whatever you want to call it. And I agree, we've had this discussion before, Nick, where we've said it's okay to throw a little jab here and there, like a wink or a nudge or whatever. That's fun, you know. That that's fine, but there's a point at which it will become too much. I think we're there, and 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 maybe just just that's just you're in my feeling on it. Uh, maybe other people are like, no, nah, it's fine. And cool, everyone's going to have their own sure. tipping point. But frankly, I think there's a lot they could have done with the Exalted One character. And there's a lot still to be shown. Maybe we're just seeing you know, one aspect of it. We haven't seen all the facets that Brody... Because Brody Lee apparently is writing this character. He's the one that has all the ideas for it. He's being allowed to write his own speeches. He's now free to do whatever he wants with his character. Um, so yeah, but he's also surrounded by a lot of people that have a lot of beef with Vince or a lot of information on Vince and a lot of, like all of JR Tony uh Jake the Snake all of these folks have information of how to do these digs and orchestrate them and I, well, I don't I don't feel like Brody's doing this all by himself there Cody is I don't, very I, open about his lord you know, knows lord knows uh, of any of them right now it's probably freshest for Brody and oh, of course. I, you know I'm listening to him for on three the three years now the Jericho podcast this week, you didn't get the sense that he was bitter, but you didn't get the sense he, sense he was too happy with everything either. Like he was You're basically being, uh, no, uh, Brody Lee was also on Jericho's podcast. Oh, I hadn't heard that one yet. Matt yeah. last week was brilliant. Yeah. Well, Brody Lee was this week and Fantastic. it's, it's okay. also quite good, but, um, you didn't get the sense that he was as fired up 
I guess, as Moxley was when Moxley came on the podcast. Like he he wasn't he didn't have that same kind of just like roaring rage inside him, but he definitely was frustrated as hell. That being said, to have him portray the exalted one as a Vince McMahon, you know, guy who loves eating steaks, he hates when people sneeze, ha ha ha, in joke, wink wink, you know, not you're not the first uh, out of touch old man to underestimate me or whatever, all the other digs he's throwing. If this character is going to be one nonstop dig at WWE, then just put a fucking stake in it right now. Exactly. You know, like, just let it go. Um, at, at some point, we like, we had this idea. We've spent months building this Exalted One figure up, and I had this huge expectation in my head that it was going to be some, like, overblown, fantastical, mythical creature uh, or some, you know, medium that could communicate with a higher power that nobody else could. Some kind of L. Ron Hubbard kind of thing. And, and I, I think we all thought that. No, we're just sitting in a room eating steaks, taking digs at Vince. And I'm, yeah. oh, I don't want to be disappointed, and I don't want to call things and judge things before they've had time um, to play out, but this exactly. got, you've got to move on from this. Yeah, agreed. And you know what? All right, fine. You did it for a week and a half, I guess. You did a little dig last week. You did a big dig this week. Cool. Leave it behind. Move on with the character. Do something new and, yep. and beat him in the ratings. You know, you don't, that's, that's all there is to it. Like, all right, you made your point. Now, and I, I get it. I get it. But as you said, Nick, we'll see how this plays out. If this just becomes like a constant uh, Vince McMahon dig, it's going to get old yeah. real quick. You know what doesn't get old? $10 that keeps showing up in the tip jar, this time from Josh Logan. <laughs> Dude, Josh. Oh, my God. Guys, thank you. You, you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank uh, you so much. Uh, I was actually, I'm thing. not going to lie. I was kind of panicking about. Uh, the way things were going yesterday, because just you know, we're not. I'm not getting paid here in LA right now. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So this this is this is. I can't even tell you guys. I'm I'm. You're making me a person who is now like talking for a living. You're making me lose my words. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank All right. You. So here's the last thing I'll say about this. Okay. Um, he did have a match with QT Marshall. He absolutely murdered him. Yes. And during this whole thing, Cody is on commentary. Burying QT Marshall. I wouldn't. I, I, I felt it was like it was like friendly ribbing. Is how I came off. Uh, okay. Well, f for the filthy casuals, it's it looks like he's burying his friend. And I I just I'm sitting here going, what's Cody doing? This whole show, Cody's on commentary. He's talking about Brandy. He's talking about QT. I think he's talked about Cutler. And like Cody was, it was fun to listen to him on commentary. He needs to find his big boy voice so he can talk bigger. But <laughs> what'd you say? I, d I did find myself missing Excalibur this week. I, I know people had there's a 50-50 split between the love and the hate for Excalibur, sure. but I found myself deeply missing his excited play-by-play -play, um, that we usually have on the commentary desk. Uh, I don't know why we're down. Uh, the other thing I'll say about it is Tony is fantastic when he's on his own. If he's allowed mm -hmm. to lead the commentary desk, he was fantastic this week without JR. And I started going, are you guys paying attention? Well, yes. I if they didn't know Tony Schiavone is money, then I don't I, know, I know what to tell you. I know, but him with JR, it seems like it's two alphas conflicting, and they need to fix that. Mm, yeah. That's what and, I'm getting at. But at least Tony is still on his game. And not only that, but he had someone else on commentary with him this week, and that was Kenny Omega. <laughs> and Kenny and Cody kind of switched off on commentary. I actually liked Kenny's commentary. He was, sure. he was very specific. He reminded me, um, well, I don't know. He, I'll, I'll put it this way. He did a great job of explaining the storyline in the ring while also explaining moves. And I dug that. 
but uh, he did come across as a little bit theatrical uh, uh, in his commentary. He didn't come across that way in his huge match against Sammy Guevara for the AAA Mega Champion belt, uh, which was a lot longer of a match than I thought it was going to be. Same. And Kenny did a lot more selling than I thought he was going to do. He spent most of this match on his heels, Sammy Guevara beating him up, which I thought was interesting. I know they were selling the fact that Kenny's got a, a bum finger, a uh, bum, bum hand. Yeah, he did target so they, that. Sammy did quite a bit. Sure. You know, he was attacking that. And yeah, I, I think that was the whole point. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it, was a, it was a good match. I thought it was a great way to show that Sammy Guevara can, can work. Uh, he can go. He can do it. Because, uh, you know, Omega's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, and here's Sammy Guevara going toe-to-toe with him, but ultimately couldn't hang with Kenny. Kenny's just too good, and uh, Kenny just ends the kid with a V-trigger and a, and a one-winged angel while Sammy's flipping him off on the way down, which is that was all good stuff. Yeah. Um, I, 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 how hot is... Let me rephrase that. How okay. good has Sammy Guevara ma- been made to look uh, on on AEW since his debut with Inner Circle. I mean, it's just, like, we knew about him from PWG, Lucha Underground, and other places. Like, we we knew how good he was. Uh, And this whole rebrand of him as a Spanish god and saddling him up with Jericho, and, like, it has gone gangbusters. Nick, I'm going to be completely honest. We we both thought he was good. I didn't know he was this good. Wow. Um, I I can see why he's kind of been tapped by the the heads at AEW to be kind of the young upstart dude with Jericho's posse. I can see why. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who like they can't they can't stand his look or he drives them nuts or whatever or they're like, "Ah, oh, he's not quite there yet." And sure. Well, a yeah. lot of it has to do it, with right, him doing but, stupid shit like making out with posters like he did this week. Like all that aside, that's it's, it's part of the character. Work. That's innovative. Yeah. That's innovative uh new like what is what would you call it? The next generation of wrestling. Like he's He's finding out what that is. Walking around in the, in the uh, uh, 7-Eleven, getting coffin dropped by by uh, Darby Allen, uh, you know, while doing like a live stream, like that kind of stuff. I, I I think it's really innovative. So innovative, innovative, however you want to say it. So yeah, I'm I, I'm really happy that he's doing the work and he's able to get in there and hang with a guy like Omega. Like yeah. good for him. Yeah. Uh, we he did, as you say, have some of those drawings next to the ring this week. There was no wrestlers next to the week uh, next to the ring this week. They had pared it down even further. Less pyro. There was, uh, as we said, there's only some couple guys on commentary. No one at ringside, but they did have a couple of drawings of people. He had a drawing of Jericho uh, on one seat, and next to it was a drawing of. The Captain, as it was titled, and it looked like someone from Star Trek, but they couldn't figure out who it was. Was there any significance to that, or was that just kind of a thing? Was that just I, there? I, I have no idea who that was supposed to be. There was also one of Brandy that he made it out with. And yeah. just, it was just weird, and she was sitting there at the timekeeper next to the bell like going, while uh. he was giving him that kind of <laughs> ew face. Like, what are you doing, you crazy man? And uh, you know what? I, I, I agree on the innovative part. If you're not going to have fans or you're not going to have like plants in the audience to go up and do that kind of stuff with and interact with, you know, yeah, inanimate yeah. objects, sure. Introduce some of those and, you know, like I it, said, it's props. Innovative. I, I, give him, I give him credit for, for doing stuff props? like that. You give him props for the props? Props for the props. Props, props for my props. Come to snatch my crops. Um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know if there's any significance to that or if that was just kind of a, a goofy thing. But I did think it was significant that Cody name-dropped uh, Taurus and Hijo del Vikingo on commentary there because those are two big names in AAA, 
And I know they've been trying to get them on TV over in AEW, so I'm wondering if that's his way of <laughs> letting well, us know it, that they're yeah. working on that or uh, trying to get them into the conversation. So I thought that was a nice little thing. Uh, that's a the other more. thing, by the way, is that we got some inside baseball stuff from Cody on commentary, and he was yes. going, he was like explaining things in a different way that we had, like outside of kayfabe. And I'm going, Cody, don't give away all the secrets. What are you doing? <laughs> I but, like uh, the fuck. I, I like the fact that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I like the fact that uh, that Cody did kind of draw the curtain back a little bit, but there was like another level of kayfabe behind the curtain that he was drawing back. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I, yeah. I liked I liked the layering of it, uh, the way that he was setting things up on commentary. So I thought that was yeah. that was smartly done. Uh, let's also talk about the fact that Cody had a match with Jimmy Havoc. Uh, which we haven't seen on main AEW in a while. He's been over on Dark, winning. But I was uh, very he, excited. He, I know you like you some Jimmy Havoc. Yep. But he did not win this match. Cody ended up uh, after a a very game. Jimmy Havoc took it to him. Uh, Cody ended up losing or ended up winning this match. Jimmy Havoc ended up getting his first loss of 2020 in this match. Not terribly surprising. You got to lose to a guy like Cody, especially when you're building him up to face Lance Archer. Because after this match, we had a little video promo from jake the snake sitting by his fireplace in the shadows talking about how lance archer deserves a match with cody after which cody got back on commentary and said no he doesn't really deserve a damn thing yet we want to definitely sign him with aew but he's got to work his way up to me so next week he's going to have his debut match against somebody else and then he can if you know if he starts winning he might be able to get a, a match with me do you think cody's being too dismissive here uh, should he should he have sold Lance Archer a little bit more, or is is that the storyline they're trying to tell, Nick? I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. So Cody's downplaying it, going, ah, nah, I faced bigger guys, nah. Meanwhile, on the other side, you've got Jake the Snake cutting these like eerie, sitting by a fire promos, smoking his cigar, going, Cody doesn't know what's coming for him, but he will. There will be a reckoning. There, he is going to find out all this stuff, and I can't wait. For some, like we saw Cody defeat Wardlow in a steel cage. What's Lance Archer gonna do? That's to me, that's the comparison. That's the bar. It, Lance Archer's got to surpass that, and you know, absolutely annihilate Cody. Somebody has like, got to put Cody in his place at this point. I agree. So he's got to come in and just demolish Cody, and yep. that'll create an interesting hill for Cody to climb. Uh, and, I, and I liked Jake's line this week. More than I liked the entire segment that they had last week of Lance just destroying a bunch of guys in the ring. Destroying. I say that because it wasn't really that convincing. Well, Jake this sat week, in his rocking chair just hanging out. Yeah, hanging out. <laughs> but this week, uh, Jake's saying that, uh, you know, I'm still working on paying off the medical bills for Lance Archer's last training partners. I liked that line. Yeah. That line was, I think that was almost more powerful than that entire segment last week. Because that does add that layer of menace and danger to him that they yep. need. They need to have on this guy. Yeah. So, speaking of dangerous, Darby Allen had a match with Kip Sabian. A couple little speedy guys. And it was a little speedy match. But one thing, uh, the one thing I want to take away from this, aside from the fact that Kip just can't win a damn match, uh, is that they compared Darby Allen to Sting on commentary. Yep. Cody did specifically. Yes, Cody did, and it it stopped. Nick, it brought me up short. It made me just go, huh, huh. A lot of huh. WCW uh, old vets 
in, uh, yeah. in AEW that are uh, that are remembering the rise of 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 the yeah. crew of Raven Sting. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I, I it's definitely not apples for apples. I don't no. I don't think it's 100 percent across the board. I think Darby is is still his own person, and there's a lot of personality traits about Darby that are uh, not Stingish. I mean, if you want to just say maybe Crow Sting. Yeah, yeah, but the thing about Crow Sting, Crow Sting was interesting because originally he was Surfer Sting, right? Right. He'd become dark, and that's what made him even more kind of weird and spooky and intimidating, and the kids loved him. Darby's just been, always been spooky. Um, so that's, that is one comparison there. Also, Darby, very different style than Sting. Sting working a very like, traditional, old-school, safe style, and Darby, not. <laughs> right. But in terms of presentation, in terms of how he connects with the audience. What do you what do you think about this comparison to Sting? I don't think it's fair. Cause I don't think it's fair. And, and here's huh. why. One, don't cut typecast superstars like that. Don't typecast modern superstars like that because that's what people are going to begin to expect. And I think Cody doing that was a mistake. Because now you've painted him into a little bit of a corner. What that's immediately what people are gonna think of. They're gonna think of Sting's face paint. Yeah. And Darby's face paint. Oh, he's just trying to be Sting. Oh, he's just and it's going to get dismissed. All the work he's doing, all these black and white promos he's doing off to the side, all the stuff where he's putting people in body bags and dragging them behind his truck. Sammy Guevara, you know, uh, all his beef with the inner circle. You could draw that back, some allegory back to 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 Stinger. So I, I I don't want him to do that. I don't want I don't want people to be typecast as previous generation superstars. Right. I, if Darby Allen starts coming out with a baseball bat, I'm out. Yep. Darby yep. Allen's in the rafters. We're out of time. <laughs> yeah. You got no, Tony on commentary, so I, you're halfway I know, there. It's all, he said it. He said this week. He said we're this out week of time, at the end folks. of the show. We're out of, yep. Look at this. We're out of time. Yep. Look, I can't look at this. You're out of time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My inner percolators started percolating uh, when he said that, for sure. Oh, uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I, I think that it's... It, it, I agree. They they don't want to overplay the sting comparisons. I think right. that yes, you can yes, can you draw a couple parallels? Yes. Is it is it completely something that you want to wrap this kid in? No. That one of the things about Darby that's made him as popular as he is is that he's unique. He is very unique. So keep him unique, try not to compare him too much to the past. Yeah. Uh and and that's that. Uh we also had one last match if you can even call it a match, Chico Adams. Who? Chico Adams. You haven't heard of Chico Adams? Uh, well, you I still have won't. not. Well, you still won't because he just got destroyed by Jake Hager, who had another match. And it was straight up squash. Just got into it, choked him out. Um, after which, of course, Moxley came out to the ring and chased off Jake Hager. Which you was said, nice of course, as if you expected that. Well, like, that's, I didn't see it coming, but I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I love, the, no, I love Hager as the next opponent. Here's the, here's the thing I want. There's two things I want to point out here. One... Jake Hager choked this dude out in seconds. He, it was actually very much like an MMA choke out where yeah. you've got that hold applied to you, the triangle hold on him. It's on for more than a couple of seconds and you're done. Yep. And that's legit. That's straight up how Cutting long Cutting off it your takes. carotid and you're out. It's not John Cena trying to fight out of one of these things for 10 minutes. It's you're done. Like it doesn't matter who night, you night. are. <laughs> I don't care who you are, or how thick your neck is. If blood can't get to your brain, you go night, night and possibly die if it's on too long. And that's how they sold his triangle hold, which I loved and want to see more of in wrestling. 
Like, if you want to really sell someone as a dangerous killer, their move has to, like, just take you out immediately. Like, Ronda's Commentary even called out his Bellator background and experience, you know, over the last couple years. So, But that's the thing. People, we've, like, a lot of people are watching MMA now. We know how it really works. It's not like it is in wrestling where you can, you know, fight out forever. You've got to have a point at which, you know, Kurt will break your foot. Uh, Becky will actually dislocate your shoulder. Ronda will will snap your arm. Uh, Shayna Baszler will snap some body part or put you to sleep. And it's got to be a little bit closer to MMA because we've seen it actually happen. And so having them do this hold and this this move where it's realistic, he gets you in it and he locks it in tight, you go night-night unless you, you tap right away or you go night-night. Um, and that, I wish they were doing that with Samoa Joe when he's not injured. You know, he gets you in that thing, you're you're gone. So that, that's why it actually makes a match interesting that you're trying to avoid that because you know how deadly that thing is when you get into it. So I love that they did that yep. here with Jake Hager. Keep that up. Here's what I didn't love. Uh, the AEW champion then comes out, out of, hashtag out of nowhere, and confronts him in the ring. By God, it's John Moxley. Why is he? What's he doing here? And they sold it. And he comes in and paradigm shifts, paradigm yes. shift DDTs, Jake Hager, and he no-sells it. Pretty much. Uh, pop, pop right he, back up. Didn't sell like he was woozy or anything. Went right for Mox. I, I don't know if they're trying. If that was, they were trying to show how badass Jake Hager is. But I don't know, man. I don't whoops. know if that was the way to do it. Was it a proper paradigm shift? Did he get the full elevation on it, or was it just I'm, like a, a re- I'm, like his? I'm just not a sure. Just I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and watch. Yeah, just I like I just had to watch JB drop ten bucks in the tip oh jar. Oh my god. Saying she won't hold her neck tattoo against me, really, though. Uh, You know you love it, and you're going to grow to love it because it's going to help you win matches. Well, I think she might. She's going to give you a big hug at some point, and when she does, she'll be holding it against you. Oh. Thank you, JB. That's very sweet of you. Very sweet of you. Thank you, JB. If I told you you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Um, But it's okay. Sorry. Uh, I don't even know where we were. Jake Hager, paradigm shift. Okay, no I selling. Watch yes. the, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I just thought about this now. I don't know if he got the full one. Anyway, neither here nor there. If, if it was a full paradigm shift and he, he no sold it, I'm very curious why they would do that. Um, aside from the fact they're trying to make him a monster, but even then, that seems like a weird thing to sacrifice to Jake Hager. But Nick, we really can't speculate on that anymore because there's plenty more stuff to talk about over in some of the other promotions. And the first one we're going to discuss is NXT. I have to say, uh, I don't know how I feel about the Champa and Gargano thing at this current moment in time. Yeah. Um, I am very back and forth, very up and down, very hot and cold week to week. Uh, a year ago, was it was straight fire going into WrestleMania. It was going to be the match of matches, the feud of feuds. It was going to end, be the end-all, be-all, the biggest turn, the biggest championship match maybe ever in NXT history. And, and Champa got hurt. It's so cursed. Is it in cursed? The, in the, well, let me, let me get this out real quick. So okay. as we've led ba- as Champa has come back, he had the amazing return just mm. that led to booze. And all of that stuff, and we saw it, and then the turn, and then the championship, and then all of this Daddy's stuff, and we've home, got to this yeah. point where he's a face, and Johnny Johnny Wrestling is a heel. 
and we're somehow still going to get our match at WrestleMania that we wanted last year, but it's going to be like completely turned on its head, and it just feels weird, man. Well, Nick, I, I would love to talk about how weird it is, but I've got to actually take a moment here and go get some tequila because Esme just tipped ten ninety nine. That's a hundred bucks. That's well, all right. Uh, you guys, as, you I, as guys a, the, just, the Ty Dillinger, that's a perfect ten. And you know what that means? It's tequila time. So, Nick, yeah, hold down I'll, the fort for one second. I'll, I'm just gonna I'll, run I'll keep the talking here. and run in my mouth while you go get some tequila. So, my whole hang up here with um, with this thing is that Triple H is now involved, saying. That he has to, it's, you two can't touch each other or you're not getting your match. So they're face-to-face. I like this. I like this dynamic of Triple H being in the middle of it. But Triple H being, like, tired of it and annoyed by it. And, like, he's mad at them because they trashed the performance center and this is going to be it. This is going to be the end. You guys are done. And I'm going, what what are you doing? This is the best thing NXT has going for the last two years. But also, but realistically, you don't want them trashing your performance center. Like, that's, you know. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, So, in that aspect. Well, how do you feel about this? Because I love elements of it and I hate other elements and I'm in this weird gray area where I don't know what to do. I want to love it. Well, before I tell you what I think, I got to take a little swig of this here tequila. Ooh, what uh, did to, you, uh, sell us the brand, sir. What is that? Oh, that's Casamigos. Oh, Casamigos oh. Reposado. Yeah. Woohoo! Former, Where? formerly George Clooney's tequila. Uh, that he sold it for uh, like a billion dollars and gave it all a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. But yeah. uh, but bottom line, this is I, this is a salute. This is a cheers to our wonderful, wonderful patrons, to our listeners, to all you guys in the chat right now throwing us the tips. It, I cannot express to you how much I appreciate it. Uh, especially in these uncertain times. I love you guys. Thank you very much. Cheers to you. If you're out there and you have a bottle in your hand, cheers along with me. But, mm-hmm. Ah. Clang. Creamy goodness. <laughs> All right. So, woo. Mm. Ah. It only burns when it goes down. Um, yeah, Nick, I think that... Um, I, I thought Triple H was a little obtrusive in this, but at the same time, they needed to have a moment where you know you have that breath before the plunge, before yes. the final, you know, dive into this. And Triple H saying, "Okay, enough is enough. You guys just trashed the damn performance center. This is unprofessional. This can't happen." I it worked for me. Um, and as much as I'm loath to have Triple H involved in any angle because it's just a way for him to get himself over. Uh, as this felt was, you know, felt like too. At the same time, from a storyline standpoint, it did to me make some sense. Yeah. So I, I get it. I understand it. It makes sense. Yeah. I don't hundred percent love it because I'm not sure where it's going to go. Now, if they go out and they put on a baller match next weekend or next Wednesday, whenever we're getting this match, but here's the, I can't let, keep let up me, anymore. Let me let me wind it back because Triple H was. You know, he was there to regulate. He said Regal was the one that wanted to fire them. Regal was the one who's like who was sick and tired of it. So he had to he had to go to Triple H, go up to the next level, and Triple H stepped in and said, Look, this is you know, I understand how big this is. Let's have this at WrestleMania. And Gargano keeps, you know, jumping in on it. Um, and finally they like they come to the realization this shouldn't be on the biggest stage. It shouldn't even be on stage. It should just be like a little ring in an empty warehouse somewhere. Which is so funny because that's really all they can do right now. That, but, that's exactly what they did, right? Right. 
But at the same time, like that all, I dug all of that. Here's the problem, though. Is that really going to be the best way to blow off this whole feud? Like, is that going to leave a good taste in our mouth at the end of the, all of this? That that's how this ends? It, or is that how it's going to end? Because they also flashed, um, they also had a bit of a, a package after this where they flashed Killer Cross's face. Well, straight up just showed his face. Uh, do you think Killer Cross is going to have anything to do with the finish of this match? I wasn't going to say that yet because I wanted to hear your opinion on the other stuff, but yes. Um, also very weird. Also, in my opinion, very ill-timed. Um, I want this to get done first because we've been on this Champa Gargano train for two years now, and I need a conclusion. I need closure, damn it. I need it to finish, and then we can move on to the next thing. Uh, such, I, I just, I, I am so blown away and lost for words right now because Andy Jessup couldn't stand that Esme put 1099 <laughs> in the tip jar. So he rounded it up with 901 and then anonymous, whoever your glorious, glorious face is threw $37 in the oh tip jar, God. just got finished working on my day off to catch up and just put on the stream. I know you get the reference. Okay, I'm not sure. I did. just got finished <laughs> working on my day, working on your day off. I, I, I maybe. I get that. I All get right. that. Thirty-seven. <sighs> Abraham, Jesus Christ, guys, y'all are gonna y'all are gonna make me start crying. Abraham Castillo with another twenty fifty-six <laughs> oh in the tip jar. I just I. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, thank you guys so much. We're gonna be here all day. I, it's I, all right. Well, more tequila it is. Holy smokes, <laughs> guys. I, I'm, I'm, I just, oh, absolutely lost for words, but not lost for tequila. So, mm. um, thank you, the, thank so you, killer, thank you, guys, thank you. And, killer and quick cross. Shout out, quick shout out to Andy Jessup for that 901, making it even again. My OCD brother, thank you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> thank you to all those guys, all you guys. Wait, because yeah, Abraham is tipped again. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's absurd. Abraham, dude, thank you guys all so much. It's my heart, my heart. Uh, uh, killer, killer Cross, oh, killer cross. I, I want my Champa Gargano story to get closure. I want to see a yes. clean end to this storyline that we have all been invested on and on the train with for the last two years, and then we can move on. I know everybody's excited about Killer Cross coming in. I am too, believe me. But uh, I thought it was weird that much like they've been throwing the Mustafa Ali symbol up on top of Dolph Ziggler the last few weeks uh, or months at this point it feels like it's been going on for Killer Cross at this moment at the very end of the show in the middle of the end all be all of the Champa Gargano feud just felt out of place and I'm not sure that's the way I wanted to go out so I that's how that's how I felt about it yeah uh, me too but we'll see if they actually delay this for longer to get a proper finishing match I'm curious what they have up their sleeve. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I'm also curious what they have up their sleeve as far as Keith Lee and his North American title because now apparently he and Dijak are kind of on the same page again, but the Damian Priest is still kind of circling. I don't know. Nick, I'm not loving this build. It's not it's not it's not doing it for me right now. Yeah. And and we love these guys. What are they what are they missing here, do you think? Um I don't. I think I've said it before about Damian Priest. Something's missing with his character. Yeah, it's, a, we've it's said about sixty percent of the way there, and I don't feel like he's a threat. I don't feel like he's a threat. 
Well, the problem is, is the one time he was a threat is when he got it so that Keith Lee thought that Dijak had hit him with a with a stick, and interrupted him. And so you no, had two those two ago, guys last week, actually. Yeah, so you had the two of them at each other's throats. Well, they just they just buried the hatchet on that. Apparently, Dijak's still kind of mad. Keith kind of mad, but they're not like super pissed at each other. So what what is what is there? What are they doing now? Like, is there going to be some sort of swerve in this match to try to redeem all this? You know what I mean? Does, does Dijak turn all the way evil? Does Damian Priest have something up his sleeve? Like, they've got to have something else here. They have to. You can't just throw these guys in there and just have them have a normal match and Keith Lee wins and walks out and that's it. There's got to be something else here because it's just a little bit too flat right now. Right. And with these guys, there's no excuse for that. So that's kind of how I'm feeling about that. Like, you're doing my boys dirty. Got to get a little yep. bit more excitement in here. Yes, I agree. Uh, Keith Lee and Dijak is fine, but I feel like we've seen everything they bring to the table. There needs to be some new elements added to this, and Damian Priest needs some more character development. I like the foundation that it's built upon. I like this kind of modern vampire vibe thing that's going on, but like steer the ship all the way into it. Bring out a harem with you. Put a big jacket on. You know, uh, just give me some kind of like nightlife nightclub sort of blade be, kind of stuff be, right right blade exactly if you're gonna go like that's what i was saying if you're gonna be a vampire go all the way go gang growl with it go nuts if you're yeah. gonna be like a, a a weird party rock star guy come out in some really outlandish gear yeah arm him with the viscous liquid you know just something Whatever. Dude, make him a legitimate threat because i don't feel like he's a threat right now right like be the be the uh the new metal uh uh, Velveteen Dream, you know? I, so, I don't know. I, I, they definitely, I feel like they need to turn his character up to 11. Right now, he's at about a 7. Yeah, maybe. So, totally agreed. <laughs> uh, we mentioned Austin Theory was going to be a part of the tag team title match over at WrestleMania. Not only that, he had a match with Tyler Breeze this week on NXT. Uh, and once again, his cockiness got in the way and Tyler ended up winning this match. Man, is this... Why is Theory losing so much? If he's a guy who, and you and I both think that he's a blue chipper, they're going to strap this boy at some point. Yep. Are they having him lose this much because they know they're going to have him win so much down the road and this is part of the story arc? Or are we just completely off base and there's something about Theory that we don't know and they're just, they think he's talented, but they want, they want to have him out there as enhancement? Like, which, which side are you falling on this? It might be that they're testing his ability to lose and see how he handles himself. Uh, it may be something where they're pushing his buttons so much so that when he, when they do flip him, that he can really steer into it. I, I'm not sure. This is all just like goofy speculation on my part of how the wrestling business works. I, I don't know. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's like, 2001 John Cena in OVW that's about to do some big stuff. But we might have another three, four years before he gets to that. I agree. He's 100%. He's got the size. He's got the look. He's cut to shit. He can promo. <laughs> yeah. all he's of young that. as hell. He's so young, too. He's like 22. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at this guy going, that has amazing potential. Uh, let's see it develop. And that's exactly... So the, here's the problem with NXT. Like, I love that they've taken it live kind of I, I like the idea of what it is but I don't want to lose the roots that it is developmental um, I, I I struggle with this every single week because it is the place that we introduce new superstars but they're treating it like it's an equivalent brand 
to Raw and SmackDown. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. At, yeah. I mean, it's the way Triple H kind of looks at it, right? But at the same time, they also have this underbelly of developmental where they're continuing developing new superstars with promos and workouts and ring work and all of that kind of stuff in the Performance Center. And I'm I'm constantly torn. Like, am I supposed to take Austin Theory seriously? Or is he just having some developmental matches on TV, some exhibitions? Like, why have a match with Tyler Breeze? Well, but I, yeah, I, I, read it, I read it as they're defining his character as being a guy who has all of the parts but hasn't put them together yet. His ego's getting in his way. If they're telling a story, that's the story they're telling. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, either that or – that's what I'm saying. It's either that or he truly is de- in, in developmental and they're developing him and they're seeing what he can do. Yeah. Uh, and, and possibly, you know, setting him up for the future. Like at some point they'll have him win. You know what I mean? So – yeah, wait and see, but Lord knows the guy definitely has all of the pieces. Uh, Nick, guess who came out this week? Finally! I've been who? telling y'all about him. I've been telling y'all about him for a while. Stokely Hathaway, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens came out. Oh, my God. Finally, we're getting him on TV with a brand new tag team. We said the tag team division was a little bit thin. We actually had two new tag teams show up this week. We don't know the name of his team yet. I know that uh, I've seen one of these guys. There's two two Indian dudes, big hairy Indian dudes. I've seen one of them before um, on the WWPC uh, YouTube channel, where he's talking about his mom back at home in India, and like he seems he comes across as just being the coolest dude. Yep. Um, so it's nice to see him on TV finally as well. This tag team came out looking like gangbusters, just big hairy dudes killing people, um, and they killed Matt Riddle of all people. Matt Riddle had a match with Roderick Strong. Beat Strong pretty quickly. I was kind of surprised by that. I Questions about Strong in a second. But it looks like these two dudes are going for the broser weights because they took out Matt Riddle and uh, Malcolm Bivens cut a promo, a tiny promo. But, uh, yeah, what do you think, Nick? On first glimpse, what did you think of these guys? And, we don't, again, we don't know the name yet. Don't know the names. Haven't seen much of them. They're big, imposing figures, uh, pseudo-AOP kind of vibe but much that I hairier. got from him. Much but hairier. Much hairier, yes. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, m- more hair than tactical vest uh, at this point. So, yeah, it's it, if, at first glance, they look like, you know, oh, here's the next generation of big Samoan dudes uh, potentially coming into the WWE. Okay, but they're not. They're Indians. So, at the same time, uh, I, I'm sitting here going, looking at the tag division, going, we've had to bring Grizzled Young Vets over to fill in. Uh, where are the Forgotten Sons? They've been forgotten. Um, and then we've had Again. this pseudo tag team thrown together of the Broser weights. Right. The tag team division has been in shambles for a few months. So yes, is it time to start debuting some new tag teams? Absolutely. I don't know if I'd call it shambles, but it's definitely been picked apart. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been it's been harvested. Mm, harvested. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The crops have been harvested, and they need right. to, they need to grow some more crops. So it looks like they're on the way to doing that. I'm actually going to jump ahead so we can tie this together because the other big tag match was the Brit and Brawlers, uh, Lorcan and Birch versus Vink and Thorne. And we saw the, we saw Vink and Thorne on, uh, was it raw last week? Yeah. So they came on, uh, the, and we talked about them, uh, before how they were actually the other part of the mighty don't kneel. So they're now a tag team. It looks like they're going to be around for a little while. They worked well together. Uh, poor Shane Thorne, man. He cannot get a singles career off the ground. He's there. Right. Always keep throwing it back at tag teams. But at least he's got a big guy like Vink on his side now, and I think that I think that works. They lost this match, 
But, uh, they, you know, you've got to have people that are at different tiers in the tag division. And I think that they hold up th their own particular tier here. Is that – do you think this is another viable team for the tag division, I guess is what I'm saying? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I do. I think they're fine. Uh, you need people it's, – it's shitty to say you need people that can take losses. You need people that can work both sides. You need people that can be beaten down. You absolutely need teams that – not every team can win every week. Not every team can be champion every week. So you absolutely need a, a smorgasbord uh, across of it, much like the smorgasbord that we seem to be feeding off of oh in the tip jar because Josh Logan oh couldn't stand God. that uneven number again. <laughs> Threw another 10.44 <laughs> in the tip jar to make up for Abraham's oh. 20.56. Guys, you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. It just the word. I am. Oh my God! Completely lost for words at this point. All right, I'm just well. More tequila. Yeah. There. You, oh boy. We, we got. We got to finish the show. <laughs> I got a whole other show after this. It's gonna be real interesting. Yeah. Oh guy, stick around for patron mailbag. It's gonna be lit, guys. Uh, Ian Malcolm is gonna be lit up. <laughs> it's party time with BWO. Well, it's also party time in the women's division of NXT. Io Shirai is back. Yay! Surprise return. Io Shirai comes back to have a, a match against Aaliyah for the number one contender spot. This is a shock because Aaliyah was supposed to be facing Zia Lee. Of course, Zia Lee is the reason Aaliyah went out uh, with her nose injury because she kicked her in the face, allegedly. But Zia Lee got injured backstage. Somebody took out her knee. Somebody, I can't imagine who. Who, now, would, who could that who be? Would, who? Who? Could, who? 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 But, uh, yeah, Io Shirai beats Aaliyah to go on to become uh, one of the uh, contestants in the number one contender's ladder match coming up in the next week or two. Also, Candice LeRae beat Caden Carter. So two more very viable women, not surprisingly, in that number one contender's match, which is looking like it's going to be a freaking awesome ladder match. Io Shirai in a ladder match, though, Nick. Is this like? Is this done? Is this going to be? It's not fair. Yeah, that, it's, it's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Oscar was the Empress of Tomorrow, what do they say about Eo, the Empress of the Sky, or something like that? I, I can't remember what her. They keep calling them all empresses and goddesses and queens and all of these, you know, names and fun, fancy pronouns and everything. Um, yeah, Eo Shirai, foregone conclusion at this point. She's back, um, it, and it's. Yeah, she's absolutely going to be the number one contender. There's, there's no question about this. Oh wow! And, 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 yeah, what? I'm saying, I'm saying, you're, you're, you're just going all in on this. I am. Yeah, Ishrai next. She's next up, which makes me concerned about what they're going to do with the NXT Women's Championship next weekend. And I'm going, are they going to let Rhea keep it to have a match with Evil Shirai, or are they going to put it on Charlotte Flair? Like, you would think. Like, is this going to be Rhea Ripley's anointing by beating Charlotte Flair next weekend to retain the championship and then go on and have a match with Io Shirai? And I'm sitting here going, that's kind of delicious. I want, I would like to sample some of that, please. Yes. yes. That's a fantastic way to build those two up. I'm in. I'm in. Yep. You, got, you got my attention. Uh, what also my has attention. my attention is Andrew England threw another <laughs> 15 bucks ah, yeah. in the tip jar. You guys are out doing yourselves. Thank you, sir. Th just thank you thank very you much. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. I think they're, they're tipping me now just to make me do shots of tequila, which I will oblige. Yeah, that, that could be I, fun. Uh, not to be outdone by that, uh, Killian Dane murdered some dude, uh, uh, Tahuti Miles, mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. who fine... Uh, we don't really know what Killian Dane is doing. Yeah, he's kind he, of in a holding pattern, isn't he? Yeah, 
It's not really sure what the story is. He did have some stuff going on there for a while. Yeah. But... Why, is he, why isn't he still in the North American title picture? Why is he squashing guys right now? That's the sign that they're building, trying to keep him strong. You know, but they have, they, have, they have no real plans for him right now. But uh, then again, I don't know, you know how much they're actually planning for the future because they don't know what the future has to offer. It's a very uncertain times right now. But what's uncertain is Cameron, what is, not, what is certain, what is not uncertain is Cameron Grimes in these times is winning again and again and again. It beat Tony Nese this week. Um, I and, tried to tell y'all about Trevor Lee about six months ago when he showed up. What, I'm yeah, just saying. No, I just couldn't get around the hat. Well, okay. I'm so used to him coming out in black trunks and just the hair. And they put him in. They put him in like a straight up gimmick, and I just I haven't been able to get my head around that yet. But I don't think we've was, even figured out what that gimmick is yet. Is he some kind of shamanistic Cajun medicine man, or I, like what is he? What is he, he supposed to be? Long, <laughs> the long lost lead singer of Leonard Skinner. I don't even know, maybe, man. Maybe. Uh, I guess my only thing here was was commentary a little bit too quiet. Was it did, did this match suffer from the quietness? Like at least on AEW. And most of the rest of the show, they had some other noise going on, so it made it feel more lively. This is a match where, when you watch it, it's two really good technical wrestlers wrestling, wrestling technically, and it's great. But we've also been trained by years and years of 205 Live getting zero reaction that, you know, when the crowd is dead, you shouldn't really care about the match. And it made it hard for me to care about this match, and I tried to overcome it. But it did make it hard to watch for me because I'm like, this is great, but I'm, eh. you know, the excitement wasn't really there for some reason. Maybe yeah. it's just subconscious. But you know, I sh- I I wish the- because the audience is reacting really well to Cameron Grimes. Like he's getting really good heel reactions from the, the from the crowd. So not having that here, I think, undercut this. But uh, that's agree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, sorry, I was distracted by Andy Grimes completing the uh, train to two hundred dollars with another seven dollars in the tip jar. You guys, I, you're going to have Sir Ian Dangerous hammered by the time we get done with this show. Holy crap! Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, Going back here, in. Look, was Tony Nice a bit of a sacrificial lamb here? Do I think he should have had that loss? I'm not sure. Does it also put implications on Cameron Grimes being considered a cruiserweight and not good enough? No, because he's had big matches with Keith Lee and with well, other he's, he's, like big dudes, right? Yeah, and he, he just beat a former cruiserweight champion here. So no, I, I think that, I, and they've been, he's been winning a lot. So. Sorry, I was laughing at somebody what? made his, one of my favorite all-time South Park references uh, in the tip jar by saying. They're going to need about 350. <laughs> Anonymous with 350 in the tip jar. Thank oh. you very much. I promise, oh, it, I promise we are not Girl Scouts, monster. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's a day, Nick. It is a day. Our, our listeners are absolutely amazing. It was that goddamn Loch Ness monster dipping the money in the tip jar again. Love it. <laughs> All right. There you go. Before we get off on that, I'm going to get us back on track, and we're going to head over and discuss... Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, God, don't get me started on the on the Loch Ness Monster episode of Smackdown. Uh, of Smackdown. South Park. Ah. Uh, listen, oh. before we get into this episode, um, I, I did not think this episode was good. <laughs> this was, oh, really? This was not good. Oh, really? Um, 
we we saw the ship turn a little bit did last we? week. Did yes. we? Yes, I did. Okay. I, I witnessed a little bit of a turn. The prior week, we saw Cena and Bray cutting that amazing promo. We saw the we, interview well, with, with Roman Reigns. And Triple H saving the show by being entertaining as hell. Where where's he and been? And then the last, last two week weeks? it was kind of flat because there was no Triple H, and we were saying like, oh man, they they took away the Triple H. Uh, it wasn't as entertaining. It was very flat this week. Even somehow impossibly, they took a lathe and they flattened it out even more. Well, they somehow. tried. They tried during the uh, the women's match with Nikki Cross. We'll get to that. But I mean, it's they, like there was a couple some, of like, things. We've had Oscar sit in. We've had Sami Zayn sit in. Like we've tried, but none of it was as good as that first time with Triple H on commentary to uh, to be able to do that. Uh, <laughs> Marshall just threw. 316 into the chip jar, and he nice. said, finish the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to pour it all over yourself, they're, I guess. Thank you very to, much, Marshall. Nick, and they're trying to kill me. You damn Loch Ness monster for your tree fitty. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, listen, right. so I just wanted to get out there that I had hope that we had turned the ship because of this week's Raw was pretty pretty decent. Uh, and then we got to NXT, and it was kind of like, eh. and then we got to SmackDown. AEW somehow still pulled it off. Even this week with um, with no wrestlers in the audience this time, still kind of pulled it off. But I, I just, I am nowhere near exci- as excited as I should be about WrestleMania. I, I am nowhere near excited about any of the matches or feuds that we're really going to see. I got a little bit excited at the by the end of SmackDown on a couple of them that we'll talk about here. But, yeah, I'm I'm feeling a little, like, not optimistic at all, not even skeptically optimistic about WrestleMania next weekend. Uh, it yeah, doesn't sound like Dog Ziggler is either. So. Dog Ziggler is definitely not a fan of uh, WrestleMania or of, of, of anything else that's happening right now. I think a package is trying to be delivered at my door. Oh, okay. and he's <laughs> but, unfortunately, I can't get it because I'm on a podcast. Um, yeah, so we had, a lot of, we had a lot of WrestleMania angles this week. Uh, for the show, and it's uh, <laughs> still knocking on my door. Um, a lot of angles that they tried to put together at the. And go get it. Go get it if you want to. Last minute. It's not last minute, but um, I might have to. All right. It's not last minute, but it is. It's coming down to the wire, and they're still trying to put some of these things together. So, Nick, I'm gonna let you talk about uh, New Day and the Usos, and I'm gonna go get this package. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, New Day and the Usos came out uh, to have a match that would determine. Who was going to end up ultimately facing Miz and Morrison uh, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships? And we also ended up having a special guest on commentary during this whole thing of Miz and Morrison. The Miz, I should say. Um, They came out. They were doing their thing. All of this going on during the match, which it was a pretty damn good match, all things considered. You know, anytime New Day and the Usos get in the ring, you're going to have a decent match. And the Miz on commentary was absolutely refreshing. Like you were I got excited that you know Miz was on commentary during this, especially towards the end of the show like this after it was kind of a uh, sort of a letdown throughout most of the show. But yeah, New Day and Usos have an interesting match for almost 20 minutes this match goes on. You're getting this awesome tag yeah. and then out of nowhere for no reason they get up off the commentary desk and go up and DQ the finish. Why? So weird. What? And then, uh, just as the biggest dork that he is, Michael Cole goes, The breaking news from WWE officials, uh, it's now going to be a triple threat. We got between- a, 
They're mentioned oh. in the chat earlier. The the anonymous GM just shows up in Michael Cole's head again, and just you know, all of a sudden he's, hey, what's a triple threat? Well, that's dumb. That makes like, Miz and Morrison look like absolute idiots for for interrupting this. The, the most haphazard way of getting to this ultimate conclusion. It, it just, was just I I loved how the match. how I hated how could the they finish. have done this? How could they have had this outcome, but done this better, Nick? Like, is there a way that they could have had a triple threat, but not have this stupid finish to this match. Yeah, not have a not have a contenders match. Just have both of them challenging, both of them saying we performed as good as you did at elimination chamber, something, tie it to something. And you know, we want to challenge you, know what? you or have heavy machinery come out too. Or here's another one, here's a crazy idea, just have them fight to a draw, a straight up draw. Like have Usos and New Day which have had such great uh, great feuds in the past. They're always great, have great chemistry. I love the fact that they play off of this long-term booking of theirs that they have mutual respect, but they also are very competitive teams because they've had so many epic matches over the years. And they build on that history. Just build on it again Yeah, and have them fight to a draw. Not not necessarily even a count-out, just... Maybe they can't, like, they're in the ring and they can't answer the, the call or the refs, ref stoppage or however you want to do it, but keep Miz and Morrison looking like they're actually intelligent champions and not complete goofballs and have New Day and, and Usos look like they're the unstoppable force and the immovable object, and both of them are now coming for Miz and Morrison, and Miz and Morrison theoretically just had the two of them take each other out because they're such, they're such evenly matched teams. This was just a dumb finish to this match and a dumb yep. way to get to this triple threat at wrestlemania yep straight up straight up uh, okay. i also thought uh, it was before you go on abraham 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 he says just because this is fun dropped another 3161 into the tip jar i don't know if that's a reference to anything or if you meant to do 316 and 316. accidentally <sighs> point one thank you you guys <laughs> oh my goodness well, Ian's gonna be drunk, and I'm gonna be over here. <laughs> gonna be, gonna be a fun day today. Yeah, you gotta get some 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 booze in there, Nick. Catch up with me. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good idea. I'm I'm emotional. You flimp. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the oh. thing that I want to talk about the most. <sighs> um, there was a time where I have been, in fact, I'm still that way, very hard on the AEW women's division. Mm. I. I am feeling very down on the SmackDown women's division right now. We opened the show with Bailey and Sasha coming out um, to p- cut a promo on something, and I guess for Bailey to debut her even more bobbed, Karen wants to see the manager haircut, mm. um, begin to cut a promo. You see a few instances of Sasha cutting her eyes at the title, telegraphing exactly what the hell is going to going on going to happen next weekend. And if if it, if that wasn't already made clear by the the cast of characters that they've put in this match. Um and then all of, I'm not going to do this by being interrupted. Well, interruption. Here comes Lacey Evans. Bang. All right, in another interruption. Here comes Naomi. And it's not like they're even like going tit for tat with each other and trying to cut each other down or anything. It's just interruption, say their things, and then kick. Bailey and Sasha slink off, and Naomi and uh, Lacey Evans are just like, what in the actual F is going on here? Well, you is forgot that- to mention the fact that Tamina came out. Everyone oh, I'm sorry. Be, everyone I forgot about be, her. Everyone appeared to be terrified of Tamina, 
And she gave him a reason to be because she super kicked Lacey and headbutted Naomi, or other, or it was headbutted Lacey and super kicked Naomi, or other way around, whatever. She took them out, and then Bailey and Sasha kind of looked at her like they were terrified, but she let them go, and they went over and beat the crap out of Naomi. Um, and then they slunk out of the ring because they're apparently scared of Tamina. So, which, you know, all right, fine. They're trying to build Tamina back up as being a badass. They kind of need to because she's kind of in this match out of nowhere. But yeah, this was all, again, just kind of there. It was just kind of flat. Like, yes, they're having a, the Fatal 5-Way match. There's a few dynamics going on here. But as you said, Nick, everybody knows it's going to come down to Sasha and Bailey. Like, that's the only interesting thing here. Why have all the rest of the window dressing when that's literally the only thing that's interesting about all of this? Yeah. Like, Lacey, Lacey and Naomi feel like afterthoughts. Tamina feels like she's just there to be the big heater. After they've been building all, both of them up. Right. You know, uh, meaning Lacey and Naomi. They've been building them up for the most part of the year. Naomi had that big return uh, of all of this stuff, making it look like she was going to be the next contender to come after Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Lacey had her matches. What in the hell? Like, we now we know Dana Brooke's going to be out, but now we're just yeah. down to Tamina. For legit reasons. Right. Rightfully so, and I'm happy that they're doing that and being safe. But mm-hmm. uh, like, there's no even with them in it. There's no other outcome here than Bailey th- Sasha, or Sasha and Bailey. turning on Bailey, right? Or something happening there. Yeah, and that's the, that is the problem is that they haven't really given us any reason to care about anyone else in this. You know, Naomi and Lacey just came to the ring, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, we're in this match." Right, they didn't define oh. what they feel about it, what their what their angle is on it. We're just in this match, and that underlines the fact that really not much to care about them being in this match. They're just going to be in it to be cannon fodder yeah. to get us through to the end, and because they needed a different style of match than just you know one on one matches across the board at WrestleMania. That being said, am I uh, am I overreacting by saying having a five person match in a time of social distancing might not be the best idea? Agreed. Just, and it's just, a, it's completely unnecessary. I mean, it's you a know? gauntlet match, so it, you could probably keep it a little bit one on one as it goes. But yeah. anyway, uh, not know. to continue my thread about what I was saying earlier about the women's division going on right now. Uh, we also had a match between Alexa Bliss and Oscar, mm-hmm. and we had special guest commentary with Nikki Cross. Uh, where Michael Cole was accosting her over social distancing. He hasn't done that with anybody else that sat in on commentary, but I had a hard time understanding her for obvious reasons. Uh, she hey. wasn't as loud or like obtrusive of filling the si- the silence and the space as other commentators have been. We love Nikki cross, but I'm uh, all, all the while this was going on. We had Alexa bliss basically just beat Oscar clean in pretty, a straight, straight up one Oh one kind of match that, which I, makes no <laughs> sense to me. Because I, I'm, three I was months very ago, three months ago, you had Oscar blowing mist in Becky. You had Becky at her wits' end at how she was going to overcome this force that is Oscar. Right. And, and now she's just getting getting beat clean by Alexa Bliss. Yep. What the actual by hell is going on by a freaking DDT? DDT. Yeah. Nothing special. Crazy. No twisted bliss. No finisher. DDT. No, yeah. no, no big finishing sequence here. Just DDT. Nope. Done. And I thought Nikki was really entertaining on commentary. And I have a feeling they put her out there because of the reaction that Asuka got on commentary. And they wanted to test out Nikki. I thought it was fine. 
I thought Alexa actually had a pretty good match here. I thought that actually from a performance standpoint, both of them put on a great match. But yes, Nick, that finish boggled my mind. I could have sworn blind they were going to keep Oscar looking strong here so that you could have Alexa and Nikki win the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Would have made more now sense. I, now I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think now. I'm beside myself. So I have, yeah, now they've completely, they've completely befuddled me. I have no idea what to, what to expect at WrestleMania. I have no idea what to expect next. So maybe there's something up their sleeve or maybe this was just another dumb booking decision and I, that I don't and possibly never will understand. If, if Alexa and Nikki win at WrestleMania and Asuka and Kyrie lose their titles and go off and do their own thing again, this, I'm going to look back at this match and say, why did you do that? Yep. Why in the actual world did you have Alexa beat Asuka clean? It does not make any sense. Well, the WWE Asuka logic for- would, would tell you that because Alexa won, the Kabukis are going to retain, right? Based on history and all of that kind of stuff. But that's not always the case, especially in more recent years. We've seen sometimes that that's been trumped. So at the same time, I'm sitting here going, well, yeah, if, if Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross win, they kind of undid that logic that they like to use. But what is that? Now you've beaten clean by Oscar or uh, Alexa Bliss one on one, and now you've also dropped your championships. Is there something going on? Like the only thing I can come up with is there's something going on with Kyrie Sane that we're not aware of. Is she taking time off? Is she moving on? Are we going to repackage Oscar? Are we going to do something with her? Is this a way to get those titles off of her and to make her seem irrelevant while she goes off and we get, gets repackaged? Like. Even if you repackage her, she's still going to be Asuka. Well, and this is the thing is I don't, I don't know if Kyrie's going to be able to work WrestleMania. There's a lot of people that we don't know. They're, they're, you know, there's kind of nebulously out there like, how are they going to work? Uh, and where people, are the iconics? Are, people are sick. If Miz is actually sick, are, are we going to have, we're not going to have a tag team match. It's going to be a singles match at WrestleMania for the tag team titles. That's bizarre. <sighs> if, if Kyrie Sane is sick, what are we going to have for the women's tag team titles? There's other women's tag teams out there. The Iconics have been gone for however long because they might be getting repackaged. Divas of Doom were especially were supposedly going to be in a triple threat at WrestleMania with this match. So there's a lot up in the air, and I and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Nick, we're we're supposed to be doing pickums in a week, and this might be the most unpredictable in some of these situations, unpredictable matches I could possibly imagine because they're changing things based on who's sick, who's not. And they have a lot of information that we don't have. Yeah, you know, going I forward, got, I got a twenty-sided die here. I might put the individual wrestlers on here instead and just roll it for my pickums because I don't have a clue have what's a, going on right now. You might have a better <laughs> chance at that. Um, that being said, one match I am really looking forward to at WrestleMania is one that was set up by this by another match on SmackDown. A match I was looking forward to, and I think they could have done more with, but I think they gave more time to the tag team match. Yeah. I wish they'd give him more time to this. Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. I, mm, I, mm, I agree with you. It could have been a lot better, but I was, frankly, I, I, it's better than I half expected it to be, if I'm being completely honest about it. I, sure. I thought there was going to be some interferences. I thought we'd see Sammy and um, uh, Cesaro all getting involved and screwing him over. It was brilliant. I loved Straight it. Up match. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And that finish with that rollover bridge that Gulak does for the roll-up, fantastic. Squeaks out the win. Daniel Bryan and, and Gulak celebrate at the top of the ramp. Now we know we're going to have Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn next weekend. 
for the Intercontinental he, Championship. I mean, you said there was no interference, but Daniel Bryan did kind of pull Gulak out of the way of the uh, the Kinshasa. Sure. So that was sure. a little bit of a little bit of Daniel Bryan getting his getting himself himself in there. But anyway, we're we're getting Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan in what like I don't know if Sami's going to try and do his squirrely cowardly stuff or if we're going to get a straight up wrestling match because Daniel Bryan's now on this like you know pure wrestler kind of train with with Gulak and they're getting in there and they're doing their their exercises in the ring, their chest bumps, chest bumps and everything. <laughs> uh, arm crossovers and hooks right. and everything. It's great. Um but you know, are we going to get a straight up Sami Zayn Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania? Are they going to give them time because you I, I'm excited as hell for that. Me too. I'm all about that. Fingers crossed. It's like the one yeah. last hope that we've got that's left on the <laughs> WrestleMania card at this point. Like, don't screw that up too. Right. I, I could have that with no audience and I don't care. Like, right. that'll just be good. Um, I mean, I'll care a little bit. I'd rather that have, a, be an, have an audience like Gulak and Daniel Bryant at the last pay-per-view, which was awesome. Yeah. And the yeah. audience was like, guys couldn't believe it. They're like, this is, what are we watching? Yeah. This is not what we expected at all. Yeah. Uh, also, something I didn't expect, Bray Wyatt. Gave a stipulation. He gave a special match type for his match with John Cena at WrestleMania. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Nick. So he had a we had a Firefly Funhouse segment, and Bray Wyatt was showing his plan for beating John Cena. He made himself a little concoction of bitter. What do you, what do you say? Bitterness and envy and disappointment, uh, rage and, and all kinds. And of he stuff. threw he threw Ramblin' Rabbit in the blender as well and said, uh, uh, you know, negative comments or something like that. Oh my uh, God. You killed Ramblin' Rabbit! You, you bastard! bastard. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> it's the dumbest damn joke. Uh, but it's... So, okay, that's all fine and well and good. But then he announced that he's going to be facing John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. And, Nick, I'm not going to lie, but my scrote immediately pulled up into my guts because we've seen this kind of thing before with Bray Wyatt. Where everything's going well, and all of a sudden we get a stipulation match, and it's a House of Horrors match. Or it's, it's going to be another House of Horrors match. It's right, or it's. I'm, I'm hiding while I say that, so in case you throw something at me, because it, it's exactly I, what it's going to be. It's going to be hard for me to hit you from here. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I w but I would try. It, we right House of Horrors match, whatever the hell that was against Randy Orton at WrestleMania, whatever the hell that was against Randy Orton in the the shed, whatever was up with the New Day in the swamp, like. This doesn't work out well, guys. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I can't even be skeptically optimistic about this, Nick. Watching I'm just SmackDown skeptical. last night, and he was saying that. I did the full Michael from the office and went, "No! Oh God, please, no, yeah. no! <laughs> just don't do this. Uh, Why? We've seen Seth come in and, and he burned it down. He burned down the Firefly Funhouse. That was, and it was, that was awful. Randy. Oh, right. No, Seth burned Seth. down. Right, right. Seth burned down the fire. I don't even know, Nick. I don't know what to think about this. I, I am now, I went from being really pumped about this to, I'm so scared. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm so scared. Here's the skeptical optimism coming from Nick. Okay, come on. Bring it on. Give John it Cena has proven that he's a fantastic actor. Bray Wyatt has proven <laughs> that he's a fantastic uh, character. Okay, all right. Can the set be designed in a way that allows those two to operate in and, and work at the best of their abilities. Is it going to be a ring? What is a House of Horrors match? We can't prejudge that. We're assuming it's going to be in the Firefly Funhouse. 
I said House of Horrors. Yeah. What is a Firefly Funhouse match? Does that mean it's going to be in the Firefly Funhouse? Does that mean it's going to be in an, like an asylum match with a bunch of weapons and puppets hanging on the side of a cage? We don't know. <laughs> we don't oh, know. God, what, he's, what, he's attacking him with Kermit the Frog. Right. Oh, God. Not Abigail the Witch. Oh, God. <laughs> Fozzie Bear got him in a chokehold. What's a boneyard match? We don't know. No, no, what's no, no. a Firefly Funhouse match? We don't know. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea what to expect, but I'm if you're going to put the it in the hands Nick, of Bray Wyatt and John Cena, I'm, I'm, that's where a little bit of my skeptical optimism comes from. I will say this, and it didn't work out with any of the other ones pre-taping it and being able to like call their angles and do you know special things, but here they have that opportunity again to kind of like the Firefly Funhouse segments, kind of like what we saw with Matt Hardy this week. You know, They're able to take a step back and say, we don't have to just shoot this live. We can add in special effects. We can add in extraneous stuff to make this something more than just a wrestling match. And that has come back to bite them in the ass before, and they've not pulled it off, and it sucked sometimes, but sometimes it works. So if there's any small glimmer of hope, it's that Bray Wyatt has learned the lessons from the past. WWE is, has learned its lesson. Uh, I hate saying that <laughs> because that's very not possible. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, fingers crossed on that. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. But Nick, one thing you should not be worried about is the fact it looks like it's official. Dolph Ziggler is going to get a match with Otis at WrestleMania. Or I'm rather, I'm worried. Otis is getting his match with Dolph Ziggler. But... It looks like there's some more, uh, some more twists in the story, Nick, because Dolph Ziggler was shown conferring with Sonya Deville and saying their plan was going perfectly. What? I tried what to tell plan? you. I tried what to plan? tell you it was Sonya the whole time. Uh-oh. I tried, Are I, they going to? I tried to. What? You guys were saying, I threw a curveball and said it could have been Tucky trying to protect his boy from that, from that woman. Uh, but it's, it's Sonya the whole time. She's jealous. And I, I, think, I, I think that... Part of it could be really good. What I'm worried about it, it, it now, I wasn't last week, I am now after this backstage segment where we saw Otis being a, a bit of a child and coming after the man. Like, there's no explanation yet of why Mandy chose Dolph. So we have to assume that she just chose Dolph. Well, remember, so now it's making the Otis, it will find. Right. But it's so making Otis look technology. like that hurtful, vindictive, temper tantrum child that's just going to go after the guy that had no real say in it. No, so I, 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 feel, I don't see that. I don't see that. Okay. I feel like I All feel right. like Otis is now he's in that like that cold ice like state where he's just he's just angry Otis and he's coming to you know he's coming to get his revenge on this dude that stole what could have been his girl. Um, and we're also seeing that Sonya may have manipulated it. She's the one who, who screwed up the text messages. Um, so this all may, may have been a way to, I don't know what their end game was supposed to be, but at the, at the end of the day, there's more information that will be coming out on this. The, the plot of this rolls on and this, they're actually doling out the information at the right time. This has probably been one of the best storylines WWE's put together, long-term storylines in a while Yeah, where they're actually like, they're like, Unlike Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, whatever the hell that mystery storyline was, where they didn't know, didn't seem to know where they were going, this feels like they know where they're going. This feels like they are giving us extra information when we need to get it, and they're giving us 
moments when we need to have them to keep everything moving along at the right pace. I'm very impressed by how they're handling the storyline. And this was just another nice little added bit of excitement to it. And I'm happy that they're going to have a match at WrestleMania. And there might be even stuff after that so that this can actually possibly finish in front of a crowd if they drag it out for long enough. Because this I'm should just, be this is a, this is a in front of a crowd match. I'm worried about what they're potential what damage they're potentially doing to Otis's image here. Uh, if they're not careful, if they let this okay. keep going, he's just going to look at the the band. It's going to look like the band geek that you know is still going after the hot chick that she just picked to go with the captain of the football team instead. Well, but Kyle, Kyle made a good you point know. in the chat too, and that was that you know what about Sonya? Like she could come out of this kind of left adrift as well. Like everyone in this, you know, except for maybe Ziggler, who is perennially at the top of the mid card, everyone could come out of this. And and possibly not like if they don't have anything after this and they don't capitalize on the storyline, it could yep. be bad for them. Yep. But they have the potential here. Like look at Rusev and Lashley. That awful storyline didn't do anything for anybody. This they've had the potential to make everybody a bigger deal. You know, even Otis, uh, even Sonya. But they've got to play their cards right. Speaking of playing cards right, Nick, I uh, Brian A just tipped four nineteen. Apparently, it's almost four twenty where he is. Uh, so, yeah, dude. well, I think he probably put that in at 419 because he said, got a minute. So it's, uh, <laughs> it was about 20 minutes ago, uh, but it might have taken time for everything to process. Thank you very much, Brian. Well, I didn't see it, but Brian A., love you on the Meltzer podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, seriously, I, seriously, thank you. Sonya's the bad guy here. Uh, it could turn into sort of a – could it be a jealous lesbian lover angle where she wants oh. Mandy, but Mandy doesn't want her? Ugh. And that's also double-sided with Otis and Ziggler. A, a jaded lover no. of sorts kind of thing. No, I don't want it. I don't want no. that. I don't want I that don't, either. I don't want that. I just want to... I don't know. I want this to end up with everyone coming out of the smelling like roses because I, I love all these performers. So, yeah. uh, Speaking of bad guys, though, King Corbin threw Elias. It was like, it was like a, a... What was it? Like a Lion King moment. He was up top in the crow's nest, and he threw Elias off the crow. Elias was hanging on for dear life, and Corbin hit him, and Elias fell, and we had a nice little cut to Elias lying on the ground a, a hole, you know, 10 feet below. Baron Corbin still, needs to done, be done for attempted murder of Elias. <laughs> there is no buffalo. He didn't get trampled. He's fine. He'll be fine. But, okay, so this was... Uh, I don't know. I can't stand this feud. This is a feud of I, I, don't, I don't care. Give a shit I don't. About I don't. It. Yeah, right. I don't care versus don't give a shit. This is yeah. what this feud is to me. This was, however, Nick. This was an attempt to inject some sort of excitement into this, and I applaud them trying to do that. I applaud them trying to put a big moment in this to build this feud. Oh my God, Corbin tried to kill Elias. Like that's that's the right idea. That's the right idea here. They should be doing that mm -hmm. with this. Um, not, not making them eat dog food is what you're saying. Oh, God. Right. right. This, this was a better way to build the heat for this feud than anything they've done so far. A little bit kind of too little too late, though. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I'm still reeling off the back of the whole dog food thing with Roman Reigns. Like I'm not over that yet, guys. Uh, don't, please don't try to you know, bury yet another superstar, this time by actually attempting murder by knocking them off of a two-story crow's nest down onto a floor with no two padding. Story. Two stories. My, my eye. Well, you're good 20 feet. Come on. That's two stories. Well, I, I, 
Assault, maybe. Assault, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But again, Nick. Assault hashtag, by floor? Hashtag WW logic. Uh, whatever. At, at the end of the day, right idea. Maybe it's a little too late. Corbin and Elias at WrestleMania. Whoop de doo. That Great. was. And that was SmackDown in all of its glory. Uh, didn't are they have they have they done enough with their production to make you feel like they're going to be able to pull this off at WrestleMania? Not yet. Mm. What it, do they have? It's to going to be like another episode of SmackDown and Raw. That's what I'm worried about. What I'm is hoping like, gonna... is that based on so we now know SmackDown, as we saw it last night, was previously taped. Yes. In ca- breaking news, in case you didn't know that, <laughs> the, the, the elephant in the room that we've not yet addressed is the fact that what we said in the big news, with all of that information going out about Roman Reigns not being in the match, WWE has yet to af- an, uh, release an official statement that the match is changing. And two, because it was pre-taped, last night you even had Triple H doing an interview as if the match was still going to be on, saying that he's one of the few people that's faced both Roman Reigns and Goldberg, and they have one thing in common, intensity, and all of that. Whatever, and just, yeah. Like, still promoting and building the match. And I'm going, why? <laughs> what? What? Okay, so I guess next week we're going to get some statement, and they're yeah. going to figure out what they're going to do. Or, you know... The night yeah, before... WrestleMania goes on? I, I wonder how much of it's going to be, you know, based on reality, are they going to say, oh, yeah, Roman's immunocompromised, and for his health and safety, we've had to pull him from the match, which I think would be the smart thing to do. And it would also look good for them, which they love doing, by saying, hey, we're a responsible company. We're not going to let, we're going to let this, you know, 56 year old guy wrestle, but we're not going to let the immunocompromised guy right. wrestle. All right, right. fine. Um, and then either have Braun Strowman come up and be like, well, I'm next. Or find some angle where he like he attacks Goldberg or whatever. The worst thing they could do is just arbitrarily be like, ah, Roman's out, Braun's in. Cool. And just that and just make it like a, a flat statement, a blanket statement, and just be like, yeah, that's just how it is. That's exactly you know, what's gonna happen. Uh I hope not. I hope I hope they find some creative way to actually storyline this a little bit. Cause I think, you know, otherwise Stroman Goldberg at WrestleMania. Oh God. Oh, oh! I do not want to see Goldberg try to jackhammer Braun Strowman. Nope. And I'll leave that's, it at that's that. That's a four hundred pound man. He I couldn't will get the Undertaker's two hundred and ninety pound ass up. He right. ain't getting four hundred pound Braun Strowman up into a jackhammer. No. no, he still looks big, but that's a lot of that move is in your back. It ain't in your upper body. <laughs> I don't care how big that fifty six year old man ain't got that back anymore. Not after doing five minutes, that guy can't. You know, he he's tired after three. Right. He's tired exactly. by the time he gets to the ring. Uh, well, guys, that was SmackDown, and that was our wrestling before the week, but we're not done yet. Don't go anywhere. We've got to head over and do our moment of positivity. Sorry, Dangerous, what made you happiest this week? I think you probably know what mine is, so please don't steal it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I think I might steal it. I have to say, I, well, I had one, and then our listeners uh, went on the, the tip train today and absolutely blew my mind. I still haven't – I don't think I've fully wrapped my head around it yet. I'm still kind of, like, blown away 
and a little like numb. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god. Um, I I don't know how I could have anything that made me feel better than that, and to have all you guys out there supporting us like that is. It is the greatest feeling in the world. It really is. It's an amazing feeling, and thank you guys so much. Thank you. It's seriously wonderful. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the help. Um, if I have to pick one from wrestling, though, if you gun to my head, you say, no, you can't pick that one. It's got to be wrestling. Oh, okay. Um, I really hope this isn't yours, Nick, but Jericho yelling at Vanguard 1 has got to be the biggest grin I had on my face all week. Yeah. I'm sorry. I... That's like there's nothing even close. Him t- yelling at it. You know, you get back here, you piece of shit, you piece of trash. <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> I was beside myself. Yep. And yep. You know, at that point, it's like ten o'clock at night. Esther's in bed, and I'm doing everything I can to just not. I'm just holding my mouth and trying to be quiet. But I, I had tears streaming down my face. It absolutely was the moment of positivity. If I had to pick anything else out. I actually really loved Jake the Snake's fireside promo that he cut this week. Yes, uh, for Lance Archer, I think they they nailed it. They dialed it in, uh, and that's the beauty of pre-recording a lot of that stuff. You can do multiple takes, you can fix errors, you can cut away from different camera angles, all that stuff. But it looked fantastic. I love sinister promos with fire in them and stuff like just yes, yes, yeah, yes. If oh. I had to pick a number two, I would say Malcolm Bibbins on NXT. Like I'm, I can't tell you guys. I'm so I, he is so much fun. I, I'm so excited for him and this new tag team. I, that is, that is. I can't put it as my my mop though because it's more of hopefulness. It's yeah. more like, all right, here we go. I'm hopeful, but yeah, it's got it's got to be Jericho yelling at Vanguard One. Yeah. Oh uh, well, thank you very much, guys, for watching the show. Oh, we're not done just oh. yet. We've right. got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Well, here we go, Nick. News time. The revival. <laughs> it's news time. <laughs> A revival has no longer is no longer being booked at uh, WWE, as you may have noticed. Uh, unfortunately, they've also surpassed their downside guarantee, meaning they're not getting paid. They're not, if, if, and if they're not at appearances, they're not getting paid. They're not even sitting backstage right now. Uh, they are just sitting at home with no money. And the problem is, nobody's booking right now. There's not, nothing's going on. So they're kind of up against the wall. And WWE's coming at them with these big money uh, contract guarantees. And they're trying to say no. Um, they're, they're being told, look, you're, you're not going to be able to go get booking anywhere else unless right. you, if you get out of this contract, I think we're a couple of weeks away from Dash's contract being up. Okay. Um, even if he does leave, where could he potentially go right now? That's, I mean, would they, let's say, let's say best case scenario, AEW, and they would have to, for the sake of the revival, theoretically, they would have to like give them, start paying them before they actually started showing up at shows just to keep them solvent or either that, or they're going to be like, like, like I am right now, just eating through my savings and not, not with no income except from, from our beautiful listeners. Thank you so freaking much. Um, so they're right at this point, they're likely not going to get paid until at least June. And that's kind of at the earliest. Yeah. So the revival are in a tough spot. Um, and you know, if you listen to the Brody Lee podcast, like they were throwing big money at him all the way up until the end. Cause they knew he was going to AEW. So that's probably what they're they're doing to the revival too is dangling these contracts in front of their face and saying, "Hey man, 
There's a lot of guaranteed money right here. So it's just a matter of how pissed off the revival is at WWE at this point, which I'd imagine. Meanwhile, they're watching pissed. Dynamite and watching Moxley and Hardy and Brody and everybody having success over there. And that's also Fun. if you're a if you're a creator, a creative type, or if you're a any of like if you want to like I know the revival are loving that kind of stuff. And if you can't afford to be off for three months it, when you're making that kind of like they were getting half a million dollars a year and you're not managing your money well enough to be off for three months to be able to just kind of take that on the chin with the potential that you could go over to AEW and do even better, more creative kind of stuff that has to be part of the consideration. So, I, yeah, to me, for them, it's probably not all about money. But when you get up into those half-million-dollar-a-year-and-above numbers, it starts to get a little silly, and you have to really consider it. But uh, that's the re- thing. A lot of these guys, fund, you know? I, like you know Harper, too, Brody, like he, he was like, I'm not taking the money. I can, I, I've made enough. I can suck it up, and um, I, will, I will continue to suck it up you know, until I get out of here. So... Yeah, I have to, I have okay to there, Nick? Your, I, no. Oh, what's you okay? Rob Hutchins. I believe it's Yorkshire Rob from the UK. Just dropped $100 in the tip jar. Like. <laughs> Back to the tequila I go. <laughs> oh, my God, Rob. He says, sorry I missed the stream. All the best during these times. I can't wait to listen. Oh, my God. Hey, Rob, brother, see you, buddy. Thank you so much, you guys. I, I oh, words words can't express. <laughs> I'm I'm, fuck. Okay, where were we? Um, the revival. Um, we're getting paid more than they are these days, and I'm, yeah, I'm seriously, guys, really touched. Thank you. You've actually made Nick verklempt over there. Yeah. Keep going, please. And you're and you're <laughs> you've made you've made me pretty tipsy too at this point. Ray Horace, Ray Horace has re-signed with Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, Nick. Ray Horace has re-signed with Ring of, Ring of Honor, our boy uh, from down here in Los Angeles. So he's going to do some more years with them. Not too surprising. Marty Skrull shoring up his dudes in that company. Uh, so good for him for getting paid. Teddy Hart, Teddy Hart, Teddy Hart, Teddy Hart. Um, there is actually a Twitter account right now called Is Teddy Hart in Jail? And it just updates you every day with Is Teddy Hart in Jail right now? Well, right now it says yes, because once again, Teddy Hart in custody. This time it might be for a long time because according to Ace Montana, uh, who is an indie wrestler uh, out of Virginia, uh, it looks like uh, Teddy Hart choked out Maria Manic uh, to the nearly the point of unconsciousness. Uh, like there's shot actually, on her, choked her out. No, like actually, like beat her up and choked her out. Oh no! And Manic will be pressing charges on him. Um, Hart's denying it, but Montana has a video of him chasing uh, Hart off of his front property with a gun. <laughs> uh, Montana wrote, "I literally had to pull my gun on Teddy Hart and throw him out of my friend's house. This piece of." of crap literally choked out and physically assaulted maria manic and would not let her get help she texted me i'm in danger never ever did i think i would meet a meet a, meet a piece of shit like this guy who has now been arrested with a felony against him i don't think this guy knew how close to death he was f you teddy hart 
Um, he's being held. So Teddy's being held without bail at uh, Richmond, Richmond City Jail, scheduled for a hearing on 422. He's also, by the way, so strangulation is a class six felony uh, under Virginia law. So he could be looking at one to five years of imprisonment uh, if, if he goes down for this. He's also still, you know, looking at having to face court charges from uh, when he was arrested after being pulled over for having a schedule three narcotics in his car. Um, and yeah, he's just a mess right now. So it's ever since he left MLW, it's just been downward spiral for Teddy Hart. Looks like he may have finally hit that bottom. So I'll keep, uh, I'll keep you apprised on what happens with Teddy Hart, but he may be going away for a long, long time. Also out for a long time, Razar of AOP had his bicep surgery. That means he's probably out for seven to eight months uh, before he'll be back. And if he's gone, Akam's gone too. At least that's what's being reported. So don't expect to see Seth Rollins' goons next to him anytime soon, unfortunately. Uh-oh. Yuji Nagata. Hey, 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 hey. Seven what? to eight months. I just what had was- bicep surgery a month ago, six weeks ago. and I'm Was it a full ready. tear? Was it a full tear? For the most part, like I, the te- like it wasn't loose in my arm, hmm. but well, it, just, yeah, they just screw it back into the bone and six weeks boring. off and you're good to go. I'm reporting the medical report. Maybe they're John Cening this and he's going to be back in four months. But anyway, I'm just telling you what I'm right. reading, Nick, is All that right. they're, say- they're saying seven to eight months of rehab for him. Yeah. Yuji Nagata last week tweeted out that he was not a fan of, of Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak's warm-up routine. He said that there was too many, too much holes between their elbows. They weren't doing it right. If you know, Nagata has, uh, has famously done that over in Japan with some of his tag team partners. That's probably what uh, Gulak and Bryan are actually referencing with this. But this week, apparently, he said they did a lot better. So if you go follow Yuji Nagata's Twitter, he'll, you can see uh, him critique Gulak and Bryan's technique. It's a lot of fun. Um, and of course, you know, Brian has worked with Nagata before, so he was right. saying thank you. Thank you for your encouragement, Nagata-san. Brody Lee, as we mentioned, was on Talk as Jericho this week, and uh, it's just it's more of the same kind of talk about WWE, to be honest with you. He was supposed to be a couple, a couple of highlights from it. Go listen to it, but just some highlights to get you, your appetite whetted. He was supposed to be Sami Zayn's heater, or his, his bodyguard, after WrestleMania 35. Obviously, they went in a different direction with all of that, and now Sami's got two other guys with him. One wonders if they would have put Harper with Sammy after all this, like if he'd been part of the artist collective or not. Who knows? But I think he's definitely got a better deal right now being the head of his own crew over in AEW. Uh, but when they said, when they pulled the plug on that, apparently it was planned, and then the last second they pulled the plug, that's when he knew it was time to get the hell out. Um, he actually uh, put it out publicly because he wanted to be have all his cards on the table. He thought that would help him with WWE. What it did, though, is make Vince say, we can't let you go right now. Hope you understand. It's just business. Yep. Because it's public. Too many people are publicly leaving us. It's going to look like rats leaving a sinking ship. Apparently, Triple H uh, reached out to him and said, I'll help you get in at New Japan. And that never materialized. So, yeah. Uh, apparently, the Bludgeon Brothers initially were supposed to have been the new demolition. They I came. Think, I think them. we speculated that, didn't we? Well, yeah, but apparently it was literal. Like when they came to him with all the designs, it looked it basically was just demolition, and okay. they had to actually tweak a lot of stuff to make them not so demolition. Um, he did say he does eventually want to work New Japan, and his AEW contract allows it, so he will actually be able to work in New Japan, and he'll be able to go shoot movies, which another thing that WWE wouldn't let him do. So he's actually got a pretty, like when I said it's the promised land over there at AEW for him, 
not kidding. It sounds like he's getting everything that he wants. So congratulations to him. You can go check that out on Talk is Jericho this week. Also came out this week, The Dark Side of the Ring, the new season. Uh, you have both episodes of Benoit out right now. And to say that it is a grim watch is an understatement. It's it's rough, Nick. Have you it's, have you checked out both episodes? I, I've seen the first one, not the second one yet. No, that I'll probably watch those tonight or tomorrow. Um, but I did hear that the the next one that was announced was Malenko. And uh, next one is actually the life and crimes of New Jack. I think they might be doing Malenko at some point. Yeah. Okay. But Malenko was actually on. Oh, you're right. It's New Jack. That's it's right. New Jack next. But Malenko yeah, yeah, yeah. was on was on this was on these episodes being interviewed. And you can actually start to see the effects that Parkinson's are having on it is having on him, and it's gotcha. it's it's a tough watch. It's a tough watch. Um, so, but I, you know, I'm glad he still got most of his faculties. So, but it's that that was just another like that was another blow watching this documentary was seeing Belenko, you know, sitting there, unable to control his shaking. Yep. Um. So it was rough, rough all around, but definitely worth a watch. A major piece of wrestling history that as tough as it is to face it's something that we all have to face because it is it was a huge pivotal moment um hearing hearing chavo oh, describe finding Jesus. eddie was probably the hardest that like i i became emotional like it was that was that was, that was rough that was that really was hard there's a lot of rough stuff that i won't spoil but that was that was definitely a, a piece of information i did not have before that was like the bottom dropped Same. out of my stomach blah uh, the Royal Rumble from this year, Royal Rumble 2020, will be replayed on FS1. It's going to be airing this Tuesday, March 31st, at 7 p.m. Eastern. They're Sorry, playing ESPN, the whole thing. you're out. I don't, Fox has to get a piece too, man. Serving a, a few different masters. Everyone's won a piece of that wrestling, uh, that, the, the wrestling stuff right now. They don't have actual sports to show. So <laughs> it's, it's helpful for everybody. Um, but yeah, so if you... Don't have the network and you want to watch the Royal Rumble. There you go. FS1 Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And finally, The Rock says that he will be doing a Ric Flair movie. He is committed once this is all done. He said the next movie he wants to do is a Ric Flair movie. Something about Ric Flair's life. You have my damn attention. He also says he wants to do a TV show about his young life, about how it was coming up in, uh, in the 80s. So that could be a really cool idea, too. I'm curious what he's got up his sleeve on that. There's a lot of potential there. But I'm going to go back to saying the biggest movie star in the world wants a Ric Flair movie. So yeah, can that happen now? Can I have that now? Can we just, I want it now, Daddy. I want it now. Who plays Ric Flair? Like, before we get out of here, Nick, because that's, that's it for the news. But before we get out of here, who the hell plays Ric Flair? I have who no plays Ric Who do they get? To play Ric Flair. Who in the world do they get to play Ric Flair? I have no idea. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Whoever either. that is is going to be a very special human being. They're going to be extremely talented because you're going to be studying his promos. It's going to have to be somebody on the caliber of, I think, of like with a big voice. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at like a Ben Foster. Um, I'm thinking of somebody that can play a big, be a big character and play a big role and have a big Someone mouth. Someone who can pack on some serious muscle. I, I mean, don't know, man. That's a big task to take on, Dwayne. That is. That is. You know, like, 
You're going to have to find somebody to play Andre. You have to find somebody to play the Four Horsemen. You know what? You know what it's Probably like to Hogan. Be, well, you know, I mean, those I think are. I, I remember hearing that they wanted uh, Chris Hemsworth to play Hogan at some point, and that I think that's perfect. Yeah, that's great, a great casting. Yeah, that's a great. That's great casting. Um, and you know, Andre. I don't know what you do with Andre. Special effects. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can do it with Princess Leia, but that's Lucasfilm, you know. Oof. And it's. I mean, if it's Dwayne Johnson is laying his checkbook down to fund the to EP this. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, Rick, you know, I think, of, I think of everyone who's tried to play Nixon over the years, you know, someone who's just so iconic in the way that they look and the way that they talk. Yeah, they have and still haven't nailed it. Even as good they, as they, Anthony they Hopkins' have. performance was in the Oliver Stone it Nixon, it, was it, it didn't look like him at all. It didn't look like him at all. You couldn't <laughs> connect to it because it wasn't like, you're like, who is this guy? Yeah. As good as his performance was, like you said. So, yeah, any, I, I have no idea, but I am super excited, Nick. Yeah. And that is the news. Well, thank you very much, Siri and Dangerous, and thank you all to uh, everybody in chat that hung out with us today, uh, and especially all of you that were ab- the, the most gracious people I've ever seen throwing all of that money into the tip jar for us. Thank you. It cannot be said enough, in, especially in this times and this My climate God. of what's going on in the world, being willing to do that and support us. I, I just I don't even know what to say at this point. Thank you so much. For Other everybody. than thank you. Other yeah, than thank, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us and being a part of this show uh, as we grow. Please go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. It is one of the big things that we're waiting to get to here. We're at about a little over 700, making our way there slowly but surely. The YouTube grind is real, folks, for any of you aspiring content creators out there. Uh, you can come over and hang out with us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of all of these amazing phenomenal ones yes we do really call them that even uh, it's, it's Ian's more chagrin <laughs> it's never been more true than today though man absolutely Preach. <laughs> uh you'll find all kinds of good stuff in there news stories a fun positive inclusive environment come in and hang out with us it's not like any other wrestling community you've been a part of so if you're not in there Come and find us. It is a lot of fun and will make your day every single day. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel for us and make sure you jingle that bell so you get notified anytime we go live or put up new content. You can find us in audio podcasts wherever your podcasts are found, whichever app you choose. And last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons for all of your support patreon.com slash bwo to get some exclusives such as the ability to get a copy of the show notes for every single episode such as this one the ability to ask questions for our patron mailbag which we're headed over to do right oh, yeah. after we're done with this one right here uh tequila so join us. exactly <laughs> Vaclimp, tequila and all uh but come over and hang out with us for that uh, that will also be up on audio for you guys later tonight uh but to get into some of the patron exclusives show notes patron mailbag questions uh, bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff. You're going to get to hear Nick booking very soon, like next week. Hint, hint, wink, oh wink. Oh, boy. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I was yeah. waiting to see if we were actually going to get WrestleMania so that we could do that as in place of WrestleMania, but we are going to get it, so we're going to do it next week. We have to do it next week because it has to conclude <laughs> before the actual WrestleMania happens right. because I am going to blow all of your freaking minds. Oh, Lord. You, you uh, wait sure. for it. It's uh-huh. coming next week. Okay. But to get in on that, you'll have to be at the $10 tier of our Patreon, patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God!
God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.